Blog Talk Radio. Kane is in the building. Hollywood cold, I'm with Marley G, bro, fly. And good afternoon, everybody. I'm Rich Yalvin. This is Southern Sports Central on a beautiful Sunday evening here in the Low Country, coming to you live from Somerville, South Carolina. Of course, uh, that's always going to be brought to you by our friends over there at the Factory Sports and Fitness Studios there as we are coming to you, of course, uh, with a three-solid-hour show. And I'm telling you, it is loaded from the beginning to the end. We start. Uh, and uh, our first guest will be in Griffin, Georgia, over there at Griffin High School. Coach Reed will join us. And then at 6.30, Coach Smitty with C.E. Murray. Of course, he is in Manning, South Carolina. He's also one of the coaches in the upcoming junior bowl. Is, uh, that's going to be in around December. He's with the Blitz. Of course, Southern Sports Central is partnering up with those guys to put together a really good event in December. Of course, he'll talk to us about some of the stuff happening around the world of high school football. Then at 7 o'clock, we get in to Hilton Head, where Hilton Head High School's very own Coach B.J. Payne will join us at 7. He'll talk to us about as things start to move up in that direction for the Seahawks and how these guys start to kind of get things moving and his thoughts, his opinions overall as uh, the Hilton Head area, very similar to Myrtle Beach area, it is a destination. What does that mean? Well, that means that the coronavirus probably is going to have a little bit higher numbers in locations like Myrtle Beach, like Hilton Head. You would think, and, of course, Charleston. I know Greenville's got uh, some peaks that are happening as well. Then 7.30, we get the bus all the way to Madison, Alabama, where Coach Rip Flippo is going to join us at 7.30. He's a coach in the middle school era, but he's done a lot of coaching in high school. But in Alabama, man, let's be honest, if you're coaching in football, I can care less if you're in the little leagues, the big leagues, or anything in between we got to get you in, and we're going to get in here with Coach Flippo at 7.30. Then 8 o'clock, we take over the state of Texas, where we will again get in here with Coach Rigolato. Uh, he is, of course, the famous TikTok coach on social media, but he's also one of the coaches over there at PSJA Memorial High School in Alamo, Texas. He joins us at 8 o'clock. And then at 8.30, we finally wrap it up. Still in Texas, we'll head over to Temple, Texas, with Coach Cameron, he's joined us before. He's at Temple High School in Texas over there at the offensive coordinator. We'll check in there. Now, a couple of avenues that we're looking for. Number one, we want to find out how is the startup of the season happening, if it's happening on those campuses and around those states. Some of the concerns going to be general, a general concern, but also a little bit more the region that they're in. So there's going to be a lot of that going on as well. Should be a fun one, a loaded one. And now, of course, I'll bring in uh, another half of Southern Sports Central here, Coach Eugene Bitton. Coach, what's up, buddy? How you doing, Rich? Just getting in from uh, another road trip, another another day on the road, kicking footballs with three young men. Uh, I was up in Lexington. They moved it. Had to move it today for some other reasons. But uh, back home now uh, for a while and doing just local training. And uh, just, by, as, as you know, just got back from Columbus, Ohio. Then we stopped off. There was a competition in Charleston and then Orlando, Florida down on uh, Friday. But uh, just a couple more sessions in Columbia, 
and then uh, in July, mid-July, um, back over in, um, in Gatlinburg, Tennessee for the national finals. But, uh, yeah, just getting in. It's a rainy day here. It was nice and sunny. Wasn't too hot. A little breeze up in Columbia or Lexington today. But pouring rain here, I guess it's good for the grass and vegetables and fruit trees. And uh, we'll go with that and say this is what God gives us, and we're thankful for it. But um, looking forward to the show, man. We're getting bouncing around Alabama, Texas, uh, Hilton Head. And uh, looking forward to it. Yeah, it should be fun. We'll hit, a, I believe I've kind of narrowed it down to uh, one, two, three, four, five, six coaches in five states, or four states, actually, because South Carolina's got two and Texas has two. Uh, we were hoping to get in with Coach Hines. He's got some other arrangements this afternoon, this evening, so he'll catch in with us later this week. So we were hoping to go coast to coast from San Diego, where, of course, uh, he is. Uh, doing his thing all the way here to Somerville, South Carolina, but it didn't work out. But we're going to get as far out as Texas. So it should be a lot of fun here. The show, of course, uh, a lot is happening, of course, with uh, the season starting to open its wings, fly a little bit. I I can tell you that the disappointment across my end came as much as anybody's when we had to kind of postpone the junior combine. And then, of course, that was going to be up at the Woodland High School up there in Dorchester, South Carolina, just outside of um, you look at it. And when it starts to kind of put everything into play, uh, you, you, it's all about the safety of these kids. Uh, again, you know, the, the, the area, the location was perfect, but timing might not be just that. As uh, If you're in the state of South Carolina, you've seen three of the most dangerous, I would say, number of rising days we've had since this whole thing's kind of happened. Why is that? Well, that's because we've opened up the state We've opened up the stores. We've opened up the beaches and everything else. And people are shoulder to shoulder doing what they do as if this was 2019. Not the case. Not the case at all. I don't mind you going to camps. I don't mind you going to the beach. I don't mind you going to church. I was there this morning. But between myself and the next person was about five chairs. Okay, so you just have to kind of put yourself in a situation for success. It doesn't happen overnight. And uh, we didn't get here overnight. Right At one point, the numbers were pretty high. We had come down a very uh, dramatic amount. But since everything's opening back up, and even the governor of South Carolina has decided we're going to open back up the bowling alley with a little bit less uh, of, a, um, of a pullback. So now you're going to start to see things just a little bit differently. And, I, you know, it, it isn't sports-related, but it kind of is sports-related because if this thing isn't handled the right way, sports – will be different than it's ever been before in the fall, and that could possibly mean no Friday night lights. What does that mean for everybody else? Well, we talked about it before on the show. That means possibly no show at all when it comes to the other sports as well because, one, the football is the theater for the rest of the remainder seasons that happen not just in the fall but through the winter and the spring. So it is a food chain chain reaction, if you will. So we need to continue to maintain the social distancing. We need to maintain some common sense is really what it all comes down to. And where I'm from up there in Myrtle Beach, it is just crazy right now. I know hotels are locked and loaded with, uh, you know, guests from one end to the other end, and they're not checking them in as they cross the borders. Uh, Eugene, of course, uh, last week went to the state of Florida. I was there about a month and a half ago where they stop you, they check you, and um, not happening in our state, all right? Not happening in our state. You can come from wherever with whatever we can care less. We just want you to bring your pocketbook with you. That might not be the case, 
but it sure seems to be. Are we more worried about the financial part of it right now, or are we more worried about the future of our young athletes tomorrow? So there's a lot of questions and a lot of uh, unanswered things happening right now. The one answer I do have, it's time for a break. We're going to stay on track today, a 6-12 meet with uh, the one and only Coach Reed. Remember, uh, he was uh, part of that big all-star crew there in Atlanta, Georgia, with the Cedar Grove coaches. Yeah, he's one of those guys off the tree of uh, success when it comes to uh, the coaching carousels. Kareem Reed will join us here at 612. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll catch up with the coach and many more coaches. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook at Southern Sports Central. You can also follow us on Twitter at SO Sports Central. Guys, we'll be right back. You're listening to the greatest show on a Sunday night, Southern Sports Central, right here on Blog Talk Radio. Yeah. 
Hey, welcome back, everybody. I'm Rich Yelvin alongside Eugene Benton here. This is Southern Sports Talk on a Sunday night. Opportunity to catch up with you on the 14th day of June. We're halfway through June. It's hard to believe, but without doubt, it's now head to head over to the Pimp Farm Hotlines. The one and only, the head coach of uh, yours and mine, the Griffin High School's Kareem Reed. Coach Reed, what's up? How you doing, brother? How, you, how are you? Good, man. Well, first of all, appreciate you taking time away. For those who don't know, I believe he's at an event, so he's giving us some love here on a Sunday night to step away from a birthday party and hang out with us for about 15 minutes to talk a little bit about what's going on over there with the Bears and the 2020 season. Uh, I know you guys got to be excited about finally getting the pads back out or at least getting something back out and talking some football. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's been a long layoff, and uh We've been away from each other for almost three months now. So, I mean, it's uh, this past Monday, we, we got back in the weight room, got back outside on the field and had a chance to kind of get the kids in a, a little bit of uh, shape and gave them some structure and organization when it came to kind of getting ready for the season. So, it was definitely fun to get out of the house, man, and finally get back around the guys. We're live right now with one and only coach, Kareem Reed. Of course, he is the head football coach over there at Griffin High School in Griffin, Georgia. The Bears uh, looking for a very positive season in 2020. A lot of great athletes returning back to this roster. The coaches are ready to go. And the uh, the honeydew list, coaches, is finally put aside for now. Man, you guys, I know coaches have got to be in a pretty good shape because that list never seemed to shrink during the last three months, huh? Oh, no, never, never. You know, it always, uh, <laughs> it's never ending. <laughs> <laughs> When you look at things, though, and, and you got your guys back around you, first of all, it, it had to be uh, an almost an emotional moment, not just for the players, which we talk a lot about. These kids, you know, these are their brothers. These guys get in the trenches on Friday nights, but they battle, you know, the, the other days of the week as well. And same goes for you coaches. These guys are like your own kids that you've helped raise and grow. And, and as you get the upcoming seniors, you know, you watch the, uh, the, the graduating 2020 leave a couple weeks back, uh, if I'm not mistaken. But, you know, what was the first impression, I guess, as a head coach? You know, because our concern is being in shape, staying in shape. But as your coaches and, of course, uh, being safe is also, I would say, number one. But when it comes to you as the head coach, uh, what was your first impression of these young men as they started to get back into uh, the building or at least around you coaching? Yeah, I mean, I was uh, definitely excited uh, just to see the guys' faces, see the kids, you know, be able to interact and, and touch them and feel them and, you know, uh, just kind of share the energy of us getting back together again. And it was definitely a, a moment of uh, uh, relief, you know, to finally know that we actually will be preparing for a season. And so uh, a lot of kids were hitting me up over the break, just, you know, finding out, Coach, are we going to be able to play? And, you know, I can't wait to get back. And, and so that sense of relief kind of uh, was good to, to have uh, and, and see the guys again and, you know, again, like I said, they were excited. They were enthusiastic about being there, and they were just ready to get better. Although they were a bit out of shape because we've been, they haven't been out of, you know, in the weight room with us for a while, so they really haven't been pushed. But they they did a great job of kind of, uh, you know, accepting the coaching and trying to get better. Coach Reed, of course, we're dealing with COVID nineteen, but as you and I both know, there's a lot of other things that have kind of uh, shown up here in the last few weeks, uh, and it touches all of our communities across the coast, uh, the country. No different there in Griffin, Georgia, as you guys are there to not only help your men on the classroom front and the football front, but this being, of course, what you're seeing, you know, with uh, the protests and, and, and uh, the different 
I'd say gatherings that you're seeing around the country. Did this conversation come up with you and your coaches? And if it did, what type of advice are you giving these young men? Because they, they need you guys. They need these coaches that they've leaned on for so many times. And then trying time, like we saw a couple of weeks back with the loss of a life that was uncalled for in any state or matter, no matter the state it was in, you know, it has brought a lot of different mixed feelings. And, and of course, uh, when it comes to athletics, you know, I think we do some of the best at making sure our young men and women are on the forefront, at least, of educating them how to handle this. Most definitely. We absolutely talked about it. Um, I, you know, you guys follow me on social media, so you saw I was a bit outspoken, and I have been kind of on that whole situation and, and just, you know, the social justice social justice issues that we've been, we've been facing overall. Um, the young men that I have, you know, the, the dynamic or the makeup of our team is about 98% African-American. So um, it's something that we definitely talked about. Um, we, you know, we got through our workout and I kind of had to sit down with my guys heart to heart and just try to mm-hmm. uh, throw a couple of questions out there and kind of let the kids, you know, um, lead and kind of, you know, uh, guide the discussion and just try to answer and clarify and modify a little bit. But uh, it was it was more so for me just coaching those guys through that part of life too, right? So it's, it's you know, letting them be aware of the the situations that they may incur with the law enforcement officers, kind of how to conduct themselves, to try to stay out of uh, out of the news and not become the next the next hashtag. And so, you know, my my job, my message also was, you know, talking about and it sounds cliche, but you know, I think uh, the importance of education and our kids making sure that they graduate and try to set themselves up for for um for life after football so that they don't have to as much as possible encounter any uh, interactions with the police if, if if necessary and and although racism is something that I think um doesn't matter what how many degrees you have or anything you know that you can't really shield yourself from it you just have to learn and have the tools to kind of navigate that as a as a black man in America so those are some of the things that we kind of discussed and you know uh just kind of touched on it. Definitely, you know, I think it's kind of the elephant in the room that you have to talk about, and I think you're doing your kids a disservice as a coach if you don't address it and at least have that conversation and allow them to express themselves. So we definitely did touch on it. Live right now with Coach Kareem Reed. He is the head ball coach over there at Griffin High School in Griffin, Georgia, where the Bears uh, will be getting it on in a few months or maybe a month or so here in 2020. But so many things that we're tackling prior to even thinking about a football field, number one, Corona, the COVID virus is in full effect, no halftime there. And then all of a sudden with this despicable situation that happened weeks ago, it, it, it's going to do everything it can to separate our country, our athletes, our students, uh, the grown men of this world. And I, I, I'm here, uh, Coach, for him to tell you this is a platform for you, your coaches, your team, to speak in any way you need to because it does take a voice uh, to get things done. And, and I took a, an oath when I began uh, part of Southern Sports Central's forefront runner here that we would use this platform in any way shape or form to educate those in and around all communities and that's the biggest thing I feel that you mentioned it right there educating not only the young men you mentioned you've got 90 percent of young African men there but it's the other 10 percent who we need to educate as well because they have no idea they think they know they can read they can watch but you can watch and read as much as you want but you'll never know what it's like to be somebody else and definitely in certain situations, Coach. So I can applaud you and your staff for doing something that, you know, I'm calling all coaches to do. Don't wait for them to come to you. Go to them, have these meetings, and have these, these conversations, Coach. So I personally say thank you very much. And you're right. The education is big, but, but, again, you can get as many degrees. You can become a doctor in front of it and all. 
but but to some people, you know, they they don't see that. You know, they they see what they see, and that's the problem we're in now in, in the, the world that we're in, still fighting the same battle that we've been fighting for so many 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 years here in our country. So that being said, Coach, let's talk some football. Let's talk a little bit about where you guys are right now with the Bears. Uh, rules, regulations in Georgia. What is the rules? I know South Carolina's got a three-step system to get them back into in full-fledged, hopefully in a few weeks. But in Georgia, what is the rules, and where do you guys stand right now with uh, what, what step you all are in right now? Yeah, so we're in phase one. Um, we're pretty much – and they they actually just uh, changed it again. But So it's a fluid situation. But initially last week we started off with uh, 20 people per group which is uh, including the coaches. So we had about 17 kids uh, per session uh, that we had uh, last week. And we had three sessions on Monday, three groups on Monday, I should say, two groups on Tuesday, and then another three on Wednesday and another two on on Tuesday. So we're basically working our kids out twice a week, depending on what group they're in, Monday through Thursday. And and so this, this coming week, they allowed us to increase our number to 25 but only the player, only new players are allowed to be in those groups. So, for instance, if a kid says, hey, coach, I want to come out and play football, and he didn't play last year, you can add him to a group. Uh, but you can't, like, uh, change groups from from week to week. So kids can't cross-train with different groups if they weren't in that group previously. So that's kind of the, the restriction on the numbers. And then we got to do the temperature checks, social distancing. we got to sanitize and allow, like, a 30-minute or, excuse me, a 15-minute window between workouts for us to wipe everything down. Um, so those are some of the things that we've had to do to kind of follow the guidelines and try to keep everybody safe. Live right now with one and only Coach Kareem Reed coming to us from Griffin, Georgia, at a Griffin High School. Is the Bears are ready to get things up and running? Uh, in preseason, Coach, does it look to be kind of something that we're not going to see? Shortened season, maybe something that we do see. What's your thoughts when we start to actually talk the schedule? Do you see? Uh, at least there in Georgia, where you guys uh, take Friday night lights just to see if there's anywhere else in the country. Yeah, you know, I really don't know. I don't have the answers to all that right now, and I, I don't think uh, anyone does that's, that's on uh, my level. Uh, I think the, the GHS, GHSA, um, they're kind of still formulating the plan for the season. As of now, everything remains as is. Um, and so, you know, we actually have a scrimmage scheduled for August 7th. So we'll see after the 4th of July, you know, break, um, which is considered dead week for us where we can't do anything football-related that first week of July, what the restrictions and the guidelines are because we're really only going to have three weeks to get ready for a football season. Um, And so I'm not sure if they're going to push things back. Um, The rumor was they were going to push it back about the start of the season two weeks, but that hasn't been officially announced yet. Um, So we're just waiting and seeing and kind of taking it week by week and uh, we'll adjust accordingly. Live right now, the head coach over there with the Bears in Griffin High School, Griffin, Georgia's very own coach, Kareem Reed, joins us here the second time with many coming up 2020. Coach, we're going to stay on your campus at least virtually as much as you allow us. And, uh, of course, well, we don't, hide, we don't hide the fact you're part of that all-star crew from Cedar Grove. Uh, boy, I tell you <laughs> what, you guys are everywhere. We've had all your coaches on, and I'm still working on that, that Cedar Grove show that's going to be a special one on Wednesday Maybe this, I'd say probably July is what we're looking for. Now, if you get Coach Parks yourself, the current coach over there, the former coach that all you guys know, uh, I believe he's in Tennessee. But, you know, and, of course, the running back coach at Arkansas, Coach Smith, uh, as well. How much do you lean on the other guys that you kind of, uh, I would say, are your brothers in, in coaching for sure and probably off the field just as much 
that you guys lean on each other as uh, you get through some of these tough times for maybe advice or, or just consulting? Yeah, I mean, we we can we talk all the time, um, and you know, we always pick each other's brains. Hey, you know, how you guys gonna you know handle this situation, or what are you doing, you know, in terms of your playoff preparation, or you know, it's, you know, we bounce ideas and things off each other all the time. Um, so we, we're pretty pretty tight knit. We're in contact quite frequently, um, and so you know, I I don't see that changing anytime soon. Coach, when you look at it, if I'm not mistaken, there was a game on the schedule uh, set for that same team over there at Cedar Grove. Was that a preseason game, or, or, or what's that, and uh, is it a chance that it still happens uh, maybe during the season? So we were going to play them uh, for our spring game. Uh, in Georgia here we get opportunity to play a uh, spring football game in the month of May. Um, unfortunately, obviously, with COVID happening, um, it didn't happen. And, and they don't have an opening in their schedule in August. Uh, so we'll probably have to push it to next year, um, 2021, before we get that uh, that schedule or that game uh, to take place. So um, we're, we both have, you know, everything set uh, already for August. So we're not going to be able to play this year, but we'll definitely get in the future. Coach, as you watch around and you look at all the other states, you're butted up in South Carolina. You've got Tennessee, Alabama, Florida. I think North Carolina sneaks in that corner up in the top right side up there. Uh, you know, any anything that you're seeing in some of these other states that maybe it's different than what you thought it would be or just your thoughts overall when it comes to high school football on Friday nights, when it comes to each state kind of handling this situation on their own? You know, I, I really haven't kept up too much with other places. I kind of heard some things out of Florida. I'm not sure what South Carolina or any of the other places are doing. Just kind of been trying to lock in on ours um, here in Georgia and try to figure it out because, obviously, I mean, we don't play – we're not playing any out-of-state teams this year. So, not sure what everybody else is doing. I just kind of know what we're doing. But I do know that Georgia, in in this whole situation, football and, you know, just in civilian life, um, as I call it, has kind of led the way – on this whole deal, because I know we were one of the probably the first state to reopen. Um, and right. then we're also, you know, uh, one of the first states to kind of get high school sports back underway uh, in, under these new guidelines as well. And people have kind of copied our model. So uh, I think we've been on the cutting edge of the whole, uh, of the whole COVID situation. Coach Green Reed joins us right now from Griffin High School, Griffin, Georgia, the location right there in the state of Georgia. Coach, Georgia is a prime time Friday night lights hot spot when it comes to recruiting and athletes what is it about the state of Georgia that separates it from other states I mean you always talk Florida Texas and California but Georgia's always in that bind what is it about the thoroughbreds that come through this state the peach state if you will that continues to lead the way with camps athletes recruiting I mean what are y'all doing in there (laughs) you know I I just think Georgia has the perfect storm of uh one, they invest in high school athletics, um, very much so the same way kind of like Texas does. Um, but then we also have a very diverse and um, a growing population of athletes, and just kind of like Florida, because Florida has a ton of people, right? So um, Florida kind of, I mean, excuse me, Georgia has the best of both worlds where I know at least in the metro Atlanta area, there's about 7,000 people that move here every year. And then they also pay coaches really well. So people like myself kind of navigate this way and, 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 and migrate towards the greater Atlanta area 
because the compensation for high school coaches is pretty good. Um, so, you know, again, it's just a combination of really, really good athletes um, along with top-notch coaches, and that's, that's you know, what you get when you have, a, have, those two, have those two variables come together. You get a good product. Well, Coach, we greatly appreciate not only all that you do on the football field and in the classroom because you're educating these young men and some women possibly that could be playing that game on Friday nights uh, on the field, but you do it in the classroom. And as you mentioned at the beginning of the segment, educating them on the world views and the, and the way to handle those things as well. And I applaud you, your staff. Uh, I know your heart is incredible when it comes to these young individuals. And uh, anything, again, anything you can uh, you know, lean on us to get the word out, or do whatever we can on social media. Please don't hesitate to call me directly. And uh, we'd love to get you back as much as we can. So as long as you don't mind giving us a few minutes, man, we'd love to keep everybody up to date what's going on with the Bears as you guys at Griffin High School seem to have a, another stellar season coming up. Either way, great job in 2019, man. You guys had a heck of a run. We did. We had a really good year. It was fun. I mean, we went 11-2. and two. Uh, you know, made it to the, the Elite Eight. So we hope we plan to have, we're going to have another good, really, really good returning team this year. And I foresee us having another good run. So, yeah, I'll definitely be back again. Just let me know when you guys want me to come on, and I'll definitely make myself available. We'll do. Real quick, Coach, before you get out, let me ask you you got a bunch of guys coming back, seniors. Anybody on the radar that we need to keep an eye on uh, when it comes to recruiting? Because I know that senior class coming up looks to be pretty strong. Yeah, we actually, I mean, our whole secondary is almost uh, <laughs> committed committed up, man. Both of my corners are going to Power 5 schools. One's going to Purdue. Prince Green is going to Illinois. Uh, Brandon Callaway is going to Purdue. We just had one of our safeties commit to App State. Um, so all those guys are good. And Kamari Williams, who played receiver for us last year, um, is going to actually move to quarterback this year, and he has a bunch of offers. So, uh we got some good athletes, man. We we have a lot of good skilled players, and so those are a few of the names that you want to you'll be hearing me talk about in the future and uh, and see pop up on your radar as well. Well, coach, we appreciate it. Much love to you from us here at Southern Sports Central. Go enjoy that birthday party that you're at, and we'll catch back up with you maybe next week. But I'll get up with you when it comes to Cedar Grove, and uh, we're gonna have a big show, and it's just gonna be Cedar Grove for two maybe three hours. So it ought to be uh, a blast from the past, the present, maybe some future talk as well, coach. Sounds good, brother. I appreciate it. Thank you, guys. God bless you. Thank you very much. As we're live there with the one and only Coach Kareem Reed. He is the head football coach over Griffin High School, Griffin, Georgia. I tell you what, man, I've heard of DBU, but he's got it flying high or shutting it down over there in Georgia at Griffin High School. We'll be right back, and when we do, it's going to be checking in with Coach Schmitty in Manning, South Carolina. Guys, don't go anywhere.
Chapman alongside Coach Eugene Benton here coming to you live from Southern Sports Central Studio, the Factory Sports and Fitness Training Studios here in Somerville, South Carolina. You can find the Factory Sports and Fitness Training Gym. That's over there at 5913 Loftus Road in Hanahan, South Carolina. You can reach out to the guys and girls at 843-573-7391. Of course, you can find us on the web over there on Twitter at SO Sports Central. Throughout these entire interviews, we've got some coach. Eugene's over there just uh, getting a workout. Those thumbs are in great shape because he does one of the best jobs I've seen uh, in the business and keeping up with the quotes and all that as well. Then you can find us and follow us on Facebook at Southern Sports Central and on Instagram. We're over there on IG doing our thing at Southern Sports Central. Now doing his thing right now, Coach Smitty, uh, C.E. Murray's very own in Manning, South Carolina, joins us on the Tent Farm. Coach Smitty, what's up, buddy? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on again. Always a pleasure, man. Well, we were hoping to see you at the end of the month, but because of the numbers, and I'm telling you, man, this thing is spiking like a volleyball right now. It is telling us to slow down quickly. Uh, We've had to postpone the one at Woodland, the one so far, and I say so far, the ones in July are still to go, like the one in Conway, and there's a few others around the state. uh, Of course, Southern Sports Center and the Blitz have partnered together to do some of these combines, Uh, and you're going to be the coach of – this side of uh, Columbia, if I'm not mistaken, Coach, uh, kind of give us a rundown representing the, the, the combines, the game, and uh, give us a stat on these numbers, man. I know you uh, kind of the doctor in right. the house. Uh, you've done a great job keeping up. Well, uh, unfortunately, we had some more bad news in our state today. Uh, Union County, uh, their first week back, uh, just released. They had to shut down and will not be returning until after July um, 6th, I believe the date is they put out. Um, so they'll have no activity till after that date due to a coach coming down with COVID-19. Um, so, again, uh, it, it's real. Unfortunately, I see some coaches still uh, posting about hoaxes and posting about conspiracy theories and, and, and not believing in the science involved with it. But this is a real virus. It's nothing to be um, taken lightly. Uh, 115,000 dead as of today. Uh, the numbers are spiking, unfortunately, in our state, where we had, again, over 700 cases. And um, not all of that is tied to um, increased testing, as um, our top epidemiologist, Dr. Linda Bell, for the 
state of South Carolina said in her press conference uh, the day before yesterday, she's more concerned now than ever um, at any time during the coronavirus due to our uh, just astronomical cases and the fact that it could be uncontrollable now. Um, so we, we got to take all that into consideration. That was one of the major reasons for us postponing all uh, combines until a further date to where hopefully um, we can get more guided. Um, because, again, we want what's best for the kids, but we also want them to be safe. And um, like I said, those, that news out of Union County, I'm sure, will send shockwaves through the state um, that they had a shutdown, and um, I'm sure there'll be um, some repercussions from that where other school districts uh, kind of slow their roll as well and say, well, wait a minute, we probably opened up a little too soon. So, um, again, it's nothing to be taken lightly, and uh, we, we got to do our best with the situation um, and just, you know, continue to, you know, stay in prayer and, and, and continue to practice with the top scientists in our country all say is practice social distance, practice wearing a mask whenever you can. Don't be selfish and uh, help everybody out so we can, you know, get the cases back down. Like I, I tweeted out earlier, on uh, in, back in May, I believe it was May 18th, we only had 128 cases in the state, and we had a chance to uh, keep it under control. And um, unfortunately, we didn't. And now um, hopefully – uh, something else will help us out. But um, so, anyways, I'm, I'm I am the coach of the East Squad for the Junior Showcase game in December, and uh, we're excited about it. We're excited about that being the first one. We're excited that uh, we get a chance to showcase the great junior class in, in this state. Uh, Forty-five guys um, on each team that will represent our state in that game and play against each other, and, and gives those kids great exposure. Live right now with the one and only Coach Smitty joins us from C.E. Murray High School, Manning, South Carolina. He is, of course, representing one of the coaches in the junior uh, all-star showcase game. That's going to be, as of right now, in December. And we have gone to a virtual uh, combine. If you're in the low country, you need to be following our directions there. If you have any questions, you can reach out to any of us. Most of you guys have my number directly. You can reach out to myself, Coach Smitty. Uh, Coach, of course, Brown, he's the uh, the owner up there of the Blitz. He hands out all the belts. Uh, he's always available. We're always available 24-7, seven days a week. But like you said, Coach Smitty, the biggest thing is to keep them safe. And, you know, I, I find it entertaining uh, and, and maybe sarcastically saying that when people say it's a hoax or they say the biggest conversation I get is the factor that, well, it's only peaking because they're testing now. Your thoughts on that? And, again, this actually touched Coach Smitty's right. family directly. Uh, so, for those who are just hearing Coach Smitty well, for the first time, he's actually again, got a little closer bite on it. Right. Well, again, I, I defer to the experts. And Dr. Linda Bell, who's the top epidemiologist in our state, um, says it is not due to increased testing. We are over the 10% threshold of positivity rates now, um, which is not a thing that we want to be in. And um, it is due to an increased spike of cases that um, we can't, you know, we can't just dismiss as being extra testing anymore. Um, you know, maybe, when, like I said, we had 128 cases back in uh, May at one point, and now we're over uh, 780 cases. 
uh, and we've been that way for the past three days now, where each day has been over 700 cases. So um, again, that that's we're we're not even meeting our threshold for testing um, in our state, where we we said we were going to test at least 27% of the population. We're nowhere close to that, um, and until we get to that point, you can't blame it on increased testing. Uh, so again, that's just another one of those conspiracy slash uh, we're just going to dismiss it because it doesn't uh, really affect the younger population like it does the older population. But um, again, um, that doesn't mean uh, we just let our older population die out. Uh, to me, that that's a worst case scenario. And uh, I, I heard some Unfortunately, coaches say, well, 98% of the people are uh, going to be okay. Well, that means 2% of the people are going to die, and, and that means in our state is over 100,000 people. So if you're okay with 100,000 people in our state passing away uh, from one virus, well, uh, you know, I, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, I, I just have no words for you because I, I'm not okay with that. Um, you know, that, that would be a huge loss for our state. And for those people who say, well, people die of car accidents and all this other stuff. Yeah, they're still going to die of car accidents and the other stuff as well. So it's not like these 100,000 are taken away from that. Uh, it's added on to it. And, and that's, that's the sad reality of it. But, again, uh, we've, I think what we've proven in the last couple of months is uh, a lot of people don't believe in science and they don't believe in math. And that's unfortunate. Live right now with the one and only Coach uh, Smitty joins us all the way from C.E. Murray High School. He's also there in Manning, South Carolina, talking the COVID-19. Numbers in the great state of South Carolina have, I mean, they've gone way up, no doubt about it. And why wouldn't they go up when the, the numbers of individuals inside of our state are going up? I mean, capacity in some of these hotels are way up in Myrtle Beach. They're down yeah. in, in Hilton Head. They're everywhere. I mean, and how can you – control what's in-house if you're allowing those out of the house come in-house. And, again, it's no different than, you know, I ask this the question, and while there's always going to be, there's always going to be somebody that's going to say, well, I've got this guy over here saying that what Coach Smitty said is not true. Yeah, look, you want to take your chance? That's how I look at it. Right. Would you go around right. somebody if they had the flu? Would you sit in a room with somebody who's contagious and something else? Just to say, I'm just asking the question right. because – the reality part is, is that we're in an unprecedented time dealing with unprecedented things. And some people can go way back when, where there's right. pictures of football games and the mask on, but you don't know. We don't know. And, and we are thinking that weeks ago we saw the peak, the spike, but yet you start to see some of these things. So, you know, for me, I would rather go on the fair side and the safe side and say, look, just back up a little bit. We'll, we'll, we'll get back to something different later. But, uh, you know, now that, Football season's picked back up, and that being asked for you guys at C.E. Murray, you and I actually talked just yesterday, but for those who, who want to kind of figure out what's up there in Manning, where you guys are as right. far as getting your practices up and going, I know tomorrow morning Dorchester County will begin their practices. I know some of those got some things scheduled tomorrow on the docket, but if you're in Charleston County, like Coach Call and the guys at Oceanside and around that little peninsula of uh, high schools, they started Monday along with Berkeley County, where do you guys stand and kind of give me your thoughts on, on everything right. when it comes to these practices going forward, Coach? Right. Well, over in Greeleyville, where C. Murray's located in Williamsburg County, we're, we're not open yet, and um, I don't expect us to even um, contemplate the idea of opening until later in the month. 
Uh, we're still figuring out how to do it safely, how to put the proper measures in place to make sure it's completely uh, safe for our, our guys and for their safe return. And uh, we're still in the process of purchasing items that are needed to make that happen, as well as making sure we have the proper personnel in place to make it happen. And at the same time, monitoring what's going on in the state, as we did not want to be one of those to rush out there and end up in a situation like Union where you had someone test positive and, and now who knows, you know, I, I don't know their situation. I don't know if any of the players contracted it from that particular coach or not, but um, that is a highly dangerous situation as we considering, uh, you know, I, I know in our community, a lot of our kids live with elderly um, parents. Um, so that that's a huge issue uh, um, that we don't want, uh, to be faced with or dealt, de deal with. And, um, hopefully, like I said, we're taking the proper measures and proper time, but we're, we're, we're more looking at the end of the month of June and, and possibly the first week of July for restart in phase one. Um, and, and that's fine. You know, I, I remember the days that before all, all this, I remember the days when high schools used to start up in August, you do two weeks of camp and you go into the season. So, uh, you know, I'm not one of these um, big persons who believe that you got to have a whole entire summer of football to be ready for a season, that, and, and that's been proven false anyways numerous times. So, uh, you know, we're going to do it the right way. We're going to make sure our guys are safe, but we're not going to rush into it, and um, I don't, our district's not going to rush into it. They're, they're taking proper precautions, and I don't blame them. And uh, like I said, we'll, we'll probably be looking at that first week of July uh, for a start date. Coach Smitty, as we're, we're, we're looking at the other side of the conversation that we just had with a coach in Georgia, and, and it, as he said, the elephant in the room, and that is everything else outside of COVID-19. Right now you've seen, you know, and you've been a part of the show a couple of weeks back where we, we talked about the, the awful situation where, uh, a young man's life was taken away too early by one of the law officials uh, around the country, and you've seen the rest of the country react to this. Now, here's the thing. Usually when something like this happens, you have an opportunity to speak to your young man and maybe a young woman that, be, that might be on your football team. Have you guys been able to reach out and have the conversation? I know at Olympic High School, Ms. Wilkerson, she is the athletic director there in Charlotte at a school. She had a town meeting if I'm not mistaken, like a Zoom meeting with all of our athletes or coaches, and they laid out how can we be productively, positively encouraged in our community and set a standard and be the difference, Coach. I applaud her as an athletic director for making this type of move, and I ask you as an athletic director as well as a head football coach, what have you guys done to get a hold of your players to talk right. them about this very trying time? Right. Well, I messaged my guys, um, you know, that week, after that week, I talked to them daily, and uh, we we throw things back and forth to each other. But they they know I'll always fight for them and always fight for what's right for them. And um, that that's the important thing is we can't just take it as one moment, and uh, it, it's going to take uh, constantly reminding um, people of the disparities of the. Um, injustices that are out there and they are out there it's real it's not a hoax like other people again uh they they like to say uh, you know uh, it's not as bad as what people are saying uh, believe me uh it's bad 
and the injustices are bad. The, the system is not set up for success for certain people, and, and that's a reality of the situation that we need to change. Um, as you know, um, I tweeted at uh, the South Carolina Department of Education earlier today. Uh, they were saying they want to change, but yet, again, Abbeville versus South Carolina, predominantly African-American schools, uh, Supreme Court voted in our favor um, that they weren't getting a quality education, an adequate education, um, and the state has still yet to pay, and that was back in 2014. So I tweeted out today, if the state really wants to change, well, start with that. Start with paying those schools what you truly owe them, plus interest since you waited six years, and um, let's start giving them an adequate education because the truth and the reality is they're not getting one. And we Mm -hmm. all know those are the – that's where it all starts. It starts at a a young age, and if they're seeing injustices at a, a young age and unequal opportunity at a young age, um, that anger builds up inside, and and, and uh, you can't blame people for being angry. You can't. I mean, that, that's ridiculous. To, when you poke, like I said before, when you keep poking them, keep poking them, you keep poking them year after year after year, and nothing changes, of course anger is going to show up, and you can't fault them. You can't be mad at them for it. You, I mean, you you got to mm-hmm. kind of – realize, hey, it's us. We got to change. We got to do something about it. And we got to keep fighting for that real change. And um, I'm I'm going to keep fighting, especially on that regard. Those schools deserve the money. And, and I don't know if people are familiar with it, but they need to look it up. Abbeville versus the state of South Carolina. Uh, it's, again, all predominantly African-American schools from Abbeville High School to C.E. Murray High School to King Street High School to Hemingway High School to Dillon to um, some Florence County schools were involved in that lawsuit. Uh, Manon, Scotts Branch was involved in that lawsuit. All of Orangeburg was involved in that lawsuit. And they became known as the corridor of shame. And that should never be the case. We should never have a corridor of shame in our state. And we all know it's existed, and it's existed for years, ever since I've been a part of this state. And that's been since 1997. So that's a huge uh, bad mark on on us that we need to fix, and we need to fix fast. And hopefully our state leaders are listening, and we'll do something about it. But until they do, no real change is going to take place. Hiding it, we can't keep closing down those predominantly African-American schools like they did the Lincoln and Charleston, like they did the Creek Bridge over in Marion County. Um, you can't keep closing them because that, that's their culture. That's their identity. Those schools need to be open, and they need to be given the money they deserve and um, be provided a proper, adequate education. And, and t- like I said, until they do that, all that change talk that they're saying is, is just talk and there's no action behind it. I think we had a little difficult there, Coachy. Um, you said, there he is. I think we had a little breakup, uh, maybe some weather rolling through the area. We just got it about five minutes ago. So, Coach, yeah. let, me, let me ask you a question real quick. When it, when it comes down to – and, again, you are not only a football coach, you're an athletic director. 
you see the money delegated, I would imagine, in your district as far as where it goes, not only for Title IX, but what about some of these other schools? I would say inner city schools. Does it get handed out uh, equally, or how do they distinguish who gets what money for what fund and, and, and kind of break that right. down from the athletic well, it, side of know, things so that everybody has the same opportunity for pads for everything that right. they have, these other schools have as well in the state. Right. Well, it, it goes by your county um, as far as your school district. It goes by, and each school district allocates the money out equally. So, for instance, in Berkeley County, Cross, Timberland, Goose Creek, they all get the same amount of money based on the amount of students that they have. Um, so that that's distributed equally. What's not distributed equally is, this, again, our state funding system that was set up way back um, was not set up to equally distribute money throughout the state, and we've seen where it only benefits certain parts of the state and leaves out these low-income rural areas that um, don't have large populations, um, and therefore they don't have the tax base um, like a Greenville or Spartanburg or, or Columbia or Charleston attached to them, and um, therefore they suffer due to the formula set up for school funding. So, um, and that that was the basis of the Abbeville versus South Carolina case. Yeah, Coach, because there's so many times I've seen, let's just, I, I don't want to name any schools, but there are schools that are larger than other schools that have the facilities that are just incredible. Yet you can go to another school, not even minutes down the road, around the corner, and they barely have a weight room. They barely have the right. equipment that you can imagine. And yet this other school comes right. out looking as if they just jumped off a Division One Power 5 campus. Right. Well, it, it should never be the case in our state where you have a $200 million school in Spartanburg, and then we got schools like mine, C. Murray, like Cross, like these other schools, um, King Street, and these others that can't even get a, a you know, uh, just a bar in the weight room, never mind a whole entire 4,000 square foot weight room with, you know, looks like a college facility. We, we, you know, that should never be the case that, that it's that unequal across the state where, and I'm not, you know, picking on Spartanburg, you know, it's Spartanburg has that Dorman has it. Um, Gaffney now has it. I saw Gaffney has, you know, opened up a, a great facility. River Bluff has it. I mean, River Bluff, I, I don't know how many millions it costs to build that school, but that, that should never be the case where you got these mansions in some places and then you go to other places and, and they got 20 euro books and the buildings falling in. And uh, we saw that brought to light again uh, back. Uh, when I, I think it was President Obama was in, he actually visited the state of South Carolina and went to Dillon and saw the poor conditions of Dillon Junior High and actually went ahead and found money to build Dillon Junior High a brand new school, which was great at the time because they definitely needed it. But those disparities can't be happening. And we're in 2020, and we all know why those disparities happen. And we know how that right. money circulate and it does it never gets back to the hard working people in these predominantly African American rural areas. And um we gotta fix that. 
because, uh, like I said, you know, in our district, there is no money. I mean, there, there's hardly any money that we can allocate towards athletics. Uh, none of us, King Street, C. Murray, or Hemingway, have an adequate weight room or an adequate school, for that matter. All the schools are falling mm-hmm. in and falling down, and um, we got 20-year-old books, and, and we do the best with what we, what we got. But that should never be the case where you have – entire districts like that and then you get like i said and, and you, you just go 40 miles down the road and there's a uh 200 million dollar school uh that tells you there's something wrong with the system the system needs to be changed hopefully the state leaders will finally do it they've been told to do it uh since 2014 they they cho- chose to ignore that and um like I said, until they do, all the talk they talk is just talk, and there's no real action behind it. And those kids will continue to suffer until that changes. Because that, that, it all starts, like I said, at, at that early age. It starts, you know, when you, you, you're constantly giving them injustices. Uh, we, can't, we can't have that happen. This is 2020. Uh, hopefully this brings light to that situation and we do make those changes necessary. When Bowen moved to South Carolina, Carolina. I'm sorry, you go ahead and I'll I'll ask you a quick question. When Bowen moved to South Carolina and BMW moved to South Carolina, I believe they took the entire state's money and gave it to those two companies to move here. Um, so they should do the same thing when you're talking about education. Education should be the same. It should be the entire state should receive, and we should take care of these rural communities that can't take care of themselves. I mean, that, that's called being a decent human being. But for some yeah. reason, we've lost that in our state. And one of the main things you bring up, and it's something that I've actually tried to fight with lobbyists and, and part of the schools for the last gosh, six, seven years, is uh, repealing Act 388. If you're familiar with 388, which it sounds like you are, basically schools used to fund themselves by property taxes. So what you would think is, you know, the areas, let's say, take, for example, Mount Pleasant, very high property taxes. You know, there are more million-dollar homes than there are $300,000 homes. And so that would pay for their schools. They get the big, fancy schools, big, fancy stadiums. 388 actually destroyed that. back when the real estate lobby was big and basically for i'll give you an example for all the tax dollars and it no longer comes from property values it comes from business taxes so when a county like charleston who actually charleston greenville collect the most tax money um as well in ori county of, of anyone in the state I'll, I'll tell you that for every dollar that goes to Columbia because Charleston doesn't get to keep any of it. They get 37 cents in return to fund the schools. And so it's a difference of about $600 million a year. So when you say, you know, the money, what is Columbia really doing with that money? Because if it's not going, and I grew up in a corridor of shame school, I grew up in in Calden County, which really, if you look at the math, they're all, they're mostly all somewhat within a certain radius of I-95. Um, yeah, and so that's where you got to look at is like, what is the state really doing with that money? Because it's not right. money that's staying in the rich areas from the rich people paying the tax dollars. It's coming from business taxes now, not property yeah. values. And again, it's all pulled in Columbia, and Columbia decides how it's distributed. 
nonsense. Really, right. you, know, you touch on a really interesting point with that, but then you still get counties and schools that, you know, everybody's seen Dorman University. <laughs> you know, and, and right. for last year they got another $25 million bond. Where's it coming from? You know, it's a good question that you bring up. Right. And uh, if the state's managing it, why are you guys left behind? Right, and, and the fact that when they passed the lottery and, and enacted the lottery and made it legal for the lottery to take place, all of that money was supposed to go to education. Well, now here we are in 2020, and only I believe it's only like 10 to 15% of that actual lottery money goes to education, which is a shame. It's stealing. It's fraud. And any legislator who was a part of that should, in my opinion, go to jail for passing anything that took money out of education and put it into something else that it didn't belong in when you passed the lottery with the premise that all the money would go to education. And again, if we don't value education in our state, um, we're not going to progress like we should. Um, so no, no doubt you and I like can have a whole show about this, <laughs> but our alarm's going off and I'm, I'm, I'm getting the, the text messages that we got to run right. to break. So you and I could have a whole show on this. That's right. Well, I appreciate you guys, and again, uh, we appreciate you doing everything you do for high school sports. Coach, always a pleasure having you on, and uh, we'll touch base. We're going to try to get you in here by Thursday, so Thursday, kind of look at your schedule prematurely, and we'll we'll get you back in, because I do like that we've uncovered something that it didn't hit me until you started talking about, you know, it, it's not just one thing, it, it's everything when it comes down to getting everything on an on a equal playing field. It seems like when you're in the 5A, you get the 5A things. When you're at the 1A, you deal with 1, 1A things. But that doesn't just mean the classrooms. That also means on the football fields. And, you know, Eugene mentioned Dorman University. Well, Wando U is pretty big as well. I mean, they're the number one school in the, right. in the state over there in Mount Pleasant. So you didn't have to go too far as much as we want to pick on, uh, on that school in the upstate. We've got one down here in the lower side of the world that uh, looks like a college. I called a game on a Friday night, and it's – as nice as Charleston Southern, they're about nicer, if you know what I mean, Coach. Yes. Yeah. That's so right. We'll talk to you next Thursday, and uh, God bless. Stay safe, stay God distance, you. and uh, you and I will do it here again in a couple of days. All right. Take care. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. The one and only Coach Schmitty coming all the way from C.E. Murray, man in South Carolina, educating us, entertaining us, and getting us in the loop. we got to go to a break because we got to head down to the beaches and Hilton Head. South Carolina Hilton Head High School's own coach B.J. Payne going to show up and hang out for about 30 minutes. Don't go anywhere, guys. You're listening to Southern Sports Central right here on Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Rich Yalman alongside the coach, Eugene Benton. This is Southern Sports Central on a beautiful, cooler Sunday night than it usually is this time of year. But we want to welcome you here on the 14th day of June. It's middle of June. Man, we're almost through the month of June, and it seems like summer is flying by. And hopefully we'll be talking football, high school football games on a few months from now. As This segment brought to you by our friends over at Gurns Pharmacy, located at 140 South Main Street, Somerville, South Carolina, Number to call, 843-873-2531. You can find them on the web at gurnspharmacy.com. Don't forget, they got all your pharmaceutical needs. they got the best hot dogs in town. You can get a uh, old-school glass bottle of Coca-Cola and then even ice cream float 
while you're there. So without further ado, I bring in the coach from Hilton Ed, the one and only Coach B.J. Payne. What's up, Coach? Hey, guys. How are you guys doing tonight? We're good, man. We're glad to get Hilton Ed in here with us. I know you guys, I told you when you were in here last time that we're going to show you guys a lot of love. So, you know, get your microphone voice ready because we're going to use it uh, on a regular basis here as the season gets closer. But uh, what, how's the family, first of all? You guys getting through everything pretty good? Yeah, we're, we are. We uh, It's been a busy summer, and uh, today's actually the wife's birthday, so uh, she was gracious enough to uh, let me uh, break away for a little bit and do this. So uh, after this, get to go in and sing happy birthday, do the whole cake, and, uh, you know, do do that whole thing. The, her, uh, her birthday present was uh, one of those portable chairs to be able to go watch our kids play sports. So <laughs> that, uh, that's, when you, that's when you know when you're getting old. When you when you get like things like chairs for uh, for somebody for their birthday, no doubt. Do we got a TikTok video coming out? Is that is that is, is that kind of breaking news here? We're going to see a TikTok Happy Birthday uh, musical. Nah, you, you know what? That's uh, there's a couple of, like I'm I'm real funny about social media, and I, I do my Twitter and I do my Instagram, but uh, I don't do I don't do TikTok, I don't do Snapchat, I don't do Facebook. Um, but TikTok's really intriguing though. So, cause I'm kind of a goofy guy and, you know, going on there and doing some of the dances and stuff would be a lot of fun. So I don't know if anything is going to pull me in and, and add a third thing, it's going to be TikTok. No doubt. And we've seen some great coaches. As a matter of fact, we've got that one coach that's down there in uh, the Alamo, Texas coach Regalado, who joins us uh, about eight o'clock an hour from now, but he's that, that coach in Texas that interacts with us and, shows us the different mindsets from different coordinators. He's done uh, head coaches. Uh, the, kid, the guy's had to – if he's not making a killing out of him, he's missing his mark because he's definitely uh, pretty good at it. Coach, uh, down in Hilton Head, give us an update. COVID-19 course, uh, it's in full-fledged. I'm originally from Myrtle Beach, so I've got a lot of prayers going down to you guys in Hilton Head because you guys are a destination just like Charleston and Myrtle Beach where people from everywhere and anywhere are coming to you guys and bringing whatever they got with them. Uh, what's your biggest concern going forward? And, and then tell us a little bit, have you started meeting with your team yet? Um, you know, we, we've talked to our team. Uh, we haven't been able to meet. Uh, we have a, a policy that was handed down by Buford County that uh, the earliest we'll be able to get together is July 6th. Um, so, you know, it's one of those things where it's a, it's a tough situation right now. You know, I know some schools were able to start last week, some start on Monday, but we can't go till July 6th. But, um, you know, our kids know that they have to train on their own um, and, and get themselves ready uh, mentally and physically. Um, but as far as the COVID-19 thing, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a difficult situation for everybody. And I think, uh, you know, I think there are certain areas that it's going to be a real challenge for. You know, I think Buford County, I think Charleston, I think Horry County. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of people have really been surprised by the numbers coming out of the Greenville area. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm a very optimistic person, but I'm also a realist. And, um, you know, like you said, everybody's coming and visiting and they're bringing everything with them. I've been very vocal about it uh, on Twitter, um, you know, because people come here, they don't care. You know, they're, they're, they're traveling down, they're not wearing masks, they're stacking on top of each other at beaches and at restaurants, and, uh, you know, especially, you know, in these tourist areas, it's, it's really hard to control and to maintain. Um, so I think it's going to be an interesting next couple of months to see how we, you know, progress, how we get through this. I know you just had Coach Smitty on. I thought one of the most brilliant things I saw was something he put out like six weeks ago, and I know not everybody 
you know, probably liked it, but he said, hey, why don't we just do a region schedule at start after Labor Day, do a region schedule and then like a bowl game. And, you know, for schools and coaches that, that chase rings and only worry about a state championship, obviously they wouldn't like that. But it might be the most realistic approach, you know, to this thing. Um, obviously, you know, we're still in the first wave, and then we're going to have to worry about a second wave as well. And, you know, I just looked while I was on hold with you guys, you know, we set another record today with 799 new cases in the state of South Carolina. Um, so that number is not dropping. And because of all the tourist destinations in the state, it's not going to drop, you know. So it's going to be interesting, especially, you know, you got July 4th coming up. So, you know, a lot more positive tests, you know, second, third week in July. It's, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, no doubt. As we're live right now with the coach down there at Hilton Head High School, the one and only coach, B.J. Payne, bringing the noise here on a Sunday night. Of course, it's his wife's birthday, so we're going to try to stay on task with you, Coach, because I don't want to lose the opportunity where she puts us in timeout, and uh, that's usually how that goes. So we'll we'll try to stay on task here tonight. You know, and, and I like that aspect of region schedules, and I've said that here as well where, you know, let's be honest. I mean, are we in it for the rings? Are we in it for the money? Are we in it for the future? And for me, the future is now, and it's protecting our youth, but also protecting, you know, the middle-aged and the upper-aged guys and girls as well. And right now, economically, and I know some people say, well, this isn't football, but it is football because it all affects us today, which will have an effect on us tomorrow, that we're opening up Hilton Head. Why? Because they need that money to come in from the outside. They need that tourism tax money to be, you know, come back through so that we can, what, update our roads, do some of the other things around the, the, the state of South Carolina. And I know Myrtle Beach had a politician, had a politician himself say that he was going to file a suit against our governor if he didn't open up Myrtle Beach. Well, I hope you're happy because not only have you opened up the beach to COVID-19, you've had more, I would say, gun violence in the last four weeks than we've had in Myrtle Beach since I can remember. And, again, my family and mom and dad live in Surfside. And they've become, I would say, prisoners in their own town because they're scared to go out with the high number of things because they do deal with health situations, be it, you know, asthma or even some other health scare that has their immune system not up to par, Coach. And, you know, there's a lot of people down there where you are, Hilton Head. That's not only a resort, it's also a retirement situation as well, Coach. And that's that's the one thing. There's there's a lot of aspects about this that – that nobody sees, you know, at the end of the day, you wish you could play a regular season. You wish it was the norm as it's always been, but there's also the realization and the the real life aspect to where, you know, like, for example, I have a coach on staff who is my best X and O coach. He's been coaching for 40 years without a doubt. X and O draw it up. He's phenomenal. He joined us last year, but he's got some underlying health issues. So his doctors have told him like, Hey, you can't coach until there's a vaccine. You know, so that's an aspect that, you know, people don't think about is, you know, is everybody going to have all their coaches? Then, you know, throw in the fact of, you know, our our officials and referees, you know, across the state, you know, a lot of them are older. Um, a lot of them probably have underlying health issues. Um, so you have that concern. And then, you know, you have the grandparents come to the game and the parents that come to the game and everything else. And, um you know, you, you touched on a couple of things, and that's what, that's the big question, you know, I think for so many is, is what's the answer? You know, what's the answer? Is it to open up the economy or is it keep everybody safe? And, you know, I think it's very difficult for this year's senior class. You know, if we can come up with something so that those guys can have something, 
and then also for the guys who want to go on to the next level would have the film to be able to put that out um i think is a is a big thing um but you know you know i i unfortunately don't control things in the government and you know everybody's got their opinion on what goes on in columbia you know i used to use the hashtag buddies over bodies because that's to me the way it seemed because we are in such a rush to reopen everything and um so it's going to be uh it's going to be interesting um you know i think uh you know, it's amazing because I've seen all the numbers drop in other places. Like I'm originally from Ohio and Ohio's numbers have severely dropped. And I'm like, it's because we're all down here vacationing, you know, especially Hilton Head. So, um, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be tough. Are you there? Yes, sir. I'm sorry, Coach. So for for okay, these, sorry about that. you look at you look at Charleston County, who Friday night, late Friday evening, when they saw the highest peak come out Friday, said, "Look, if your athletes are going to get back on the field, they've got to take a COVID-19 test." That ought to show us that, that it's a little more serious than we're taking it for. And I mentioned it with Coach Smitty and some other coaches, and, and I love the fact that I've got coaches from not only. Hilton Head, but C.E. Murray, which is up in Manning. I've had a Georgia coach early, and I got some coaches from Alabama and Texas coming on here later tonight. But it's all the same song that you guys are singing, on the same tune, on the same accord. Most of you guys have never met. Maybe you've seen each other on social media, but that's it. But it's the same thing. A lot of you guys do want to win a ring, there's no doubt. But you also look at the the realistic future of life more than you do a ring that's just, just that. It's just a ring. Well, and you just brought up Charleston County, and I'll just I'll touch on that real quick. Because I had to call him yesterday about something. He said, "Hey, are you calling? Talk to me about the Charleston County thing." And I wasn't, and he informed me about it. But here's our question, like in regards to that: Are, are you testing them every week? Right. So if a kid comes in tomorrow and tests negative, are you just assuming he's good to go then? I mean, are you going to test them in a week from now? You know, that's the thing is, if you're saying you have to pass you know, with a negative test to be able to start working out. Well, that's fine. But what happens in two weeks when he comes in contact? Does that kid have to go get tested again? You know what I mean? It's one of those things. Right. And, um, you know, maybe I'm against the norm. I've said this, you know, football has always been a huge part of my life. Um, It's part of my job along with teaching. Um, It's been part of my life since I was two years old. And I know for every one of me, there are 20 coaches that are the total opposite way. But if we don't have football this season and 10% of our population lives, I'm okay. You know, um, and I know everybody doesn't feel that way. Um, and, and we need to do whatever we can to try to make it happen. Um, but at the same time, at the end of the day, we're talking lives. You know, and, and if you have, you know, I know people personally that have, that have lost loved ones due to this. And, uh, you know, extremely difficult for them, obviously. Um, you know, so at the end of the day, I think that, you know, we have to make the decisions that are going to put everybody's health aspect um, at the forefront before anything and everything. Yeah, I totally agree with you, Coach. And when you put it together, actually, that's a very smart thing, and I didn't even think about that overall because, yeah, if you test them today, yeah, they're not they're not there today. But what where they go home – you have no idea who they come in contact with. You don't know if they go out to the mailbox. They meet up with their mailman, and maybe he's got it. And he sees how many people a day, not to mention a week. You know, it's not like college where they can kind of isolate these young men and women in dorm rooms and kind of steer them 
as they need to to kind of keep an eye on them, which is, if I'm not mistaken, probably why they have them on the campuses now uh, to try to maintain it. But there is no maintaining in high school football because, well, they've got to go home sooner or later, right, Coach? Well, yeah, number one. And number two, we don't have, you know, we don't have the resources that everybody else has. That's the reality. You know, everybody's like, oh, the NFL is going to play so high school ball can play. NFL, they don't need people in the stands, you know, to turn on the lights. They get their money from TV. The SEC, the Big Ten, the ACC, same thing. You know, when you look at the NFL, what they're doing when they bring their guys back is their lockers have to be, their locker rooms have to be reconfigured or added on to have at least six feet in between each locker I mean, our lockers are every foot and a half, two feet. You know, now all of a sudden we don't have enough room for everybody in our locker room. And, um, you know, I don't feel, you know, it's not like, a, you know, oh me, poor me for Hilton Head or anything, but I really truly feel for, I think we have some school districts that, you know, in football programs are really, really financially struggle in this state. And I don't know how they're going to be able to pull it off. And I feel really bad for them in, in regards to that of, you know, that aspect of, you know, when or if they will ever start. Right. Coach, let me ask you this. And, and, and I tell you what, I love having guys like you on because while we're talking to you, I've got a list of questions. God always is like, you know what, ask a question and then they'll guide the rest of the show. So I usually just keep one in front of me. But you mentioned it, and you see this in restaurant worlds all the time, where corporate America always usually makes it through these really tough times, but yet it's those independently owned and operated, locally driven restaurants that are now finding, you know, ways to unfortunately close their doors. Same can kind of be said to some degree in some of the schools where, you know, the upper edge with Dorman High School, Wando High School, and I'm naming one in the upstate, one in the lower state, that have basically college campuses. And they seem to have most state-of-the-art facilities going in there, like you saw, of course, over at Cane Bay. They open their doors, and they've got, you know, laptops and everything across the board. But then you get to Hilton Head. You get to certain areas where certain areas are more rural, and some of the schools are a lot of out-of-date issues. How is this COVID-19 going to affect these guys in in long-term, not only with the sports? Because sports is just something they do when they're in class, Coach. What about when they're in class? How much is this funding going to hurt them? not getting the season underway and the possibility of not having any sports at all if they don't have a football season. Well, and that's the thing is people don't – I think, I think you know, people in sports or in football understand, but I don't think that a common person understands that, you know, the football season and, and the, the gate money for football pays for, you know, a lot of sports or all sports. And that's where athletic departments get a, a big chunk of their budget. Um but, you know, you just touched on a, on a big thing when you talk about the schools. That's the one thing is everybody's asking, you know, as a coach, everybody keeps asking, when are you guys going to start? When are you guys going to start? And I keep telling people the realest answer I can, we don't even know what we're doing with school next year. How do we know what we're doing with football? You know, our, our state, our county, you know, we don't know what we're doing. You know, is it going to be half virtual, half regular? Are we going to go all regular? Are we going to go all virtual? You know, we don't even have that answer yet. So it's really hard to have the other piece because, like you said, you know, it's a, it's a pathway. You know, it's a branch off of something else, and that, that something else is the most important piece, which is the academic part. And, um, you know, we got to get that figured out first and then continue on from there. Live right now with Coach Payne, who is down there in Hilton Head, South Carolina. Hilton Head beats the destination for many, but home 
for him and his crew and his family and birthday uh, core celebration there at the house. This is the second birthday party we've had on the show today. Coach Reed was celebrating one course today. It's the head coach down there at Hilton Head, Miss Payne, having another uh, successful year to talk about. But, uh, Coach, the other conversation in the room that we've had with all these other coaches is not only are we dealing with COVID-19, but we're dealing with the tragic uh, situation with the man's life that was taken a few weeks back. And you've seen uh, protesters. You've seen different, uh, I would say, gatherings in different communities here this is a time that your football players usually would be around you guys to be able to ask the questions, to get guidance. And this is not, you know, something uncommon for me or you that are, that are former athletes and you, of course, are a coach. But how much have you had a chance to sit down and maybe have like a town hall with your players and, you know, maybe ask them questions and, and, and get into some of your coaches around you to let them explain some of their thoughts and opinions and concerns, Coach? Yeah, so we have started uh... – with coaches and with with our leaders on our team, uh, with the leadership team, to discuss this, um, to, to discuss everything going on. You know, it is. You know, I sat down with several of my coaches, um, and also with uh, Chris Canty, uh, who played 12 years in the NFL, finished up a couple years ago with the Ravens, and uh, Chris built his retirement home here. Um, but he uh, still works for the fan uh, ESPN radio in New York. So him and I sat down last week and we really discussed some things and, you know, you have to have uncomfortable conversations, you know, that's the way it is. And you have to listen, not just hear things, but you have to listen. You have to continue to educate yourself so that you can help others. Um, You know, we did something um, where, you know, we have our leadership team that's, you know, very diverse and um, started talking with them individually. And then we are going to talk as a group, um, you know, about what we can do to make things better. Um, Whether it's just listening, whether it's being proactive, you know, what are the things that we can do to help? And I think that's the biggest thing is I think, uh, you know, you have to be able to have the conversations and if they're uncomfortable, you can't take them personally. You have to understand that nobody is attacking you personally. You know, here are the feelings that I have had or my family has had, you know, over the years. Um, you have to listen. You have to take it in. And you have to try to not put yourself in the place, but try to understand as much as you can, you know, where that frustration would come from. And I have something else on my Twitter I've been very vocal about. Um, to where, you know, you have to be willing to talk about it. If you're just going to snub your nose out and say, I'm not talking about it, nothing in our country is going to get fixed. You have to be able to talk. You have to be able to communicate. You have to be able to hear things you don't want to hear um, a lot of times. But that's the only way we're going to move on and and get to the next point that we need to get to um, as a society and as a country. Live right now with Coach Payne down there at Hilton Head, South Carolina, Hilton Head High School's own head football coach. Coach, you know, and I agree with you, you have to have the uncomfortable conversation for some, but you have to not only hear what they say, but listen to what they say. And I've said this in many meetings with uh, coaches and players and individuals in my community at my church and say, look, it's okay not to know, but you got to ask the questions and you got to be willing to understand and don't take it directly personal to you. 
but use that as an opportunity to learn today to be better tomorrow. And we tell our athletes, look, you got to put in the work today to be better tomorrow. We'll also feel we got to do the same thing, not just in the weight room, Coach. Uh, you do have a few players, so I get you out of here, that are getting a ton of recognition. I don't forget about you down there on the other side of uh, Charleston. But talk about some of these players. Even though it's the dead period, you've seen a different angle of virtual reality recruiting now. How does that work for some of your top recruits? And if you don't mind, kind of talk about some of these top guys that are getting some mega offers all around the country. Yeah, it's starting to pick up for, you know, a number of our guys and still finding, you know, different ways. Um, you know, the interesting piece is, is that we, we've come up with a plan. Um, uh, we, we have a small senior class this year, only like four seniors. Um, only one of them wants to go on to play college ball. But we've already created a plan of attack um, for his recruiting if we don't have a season or if we have a shortened season on how we're going to do that, on how we're going to get him recognized, on how we're going to get him out, um, which, is a, which is a huge thing. Um, obviously, you know, our biggest is 2022 outside linebacker Jalen Sneed, um, whose recruiting has been absolutely crazy. It's almost like he's got a, a schedule each week. You know, every Wednesday at 6 p.m., he will Zoom with this staff. You know, every Thursday at 4.30, it's with this staff. And he's picked up, you know, pretty much, you know, everybody in the country. Um, he's a fantastic kid, very high-character kid, very violent player, um, who's a, a very special, special player. Um, so it's been different. It's been, it's been interesting to see the recruiting process and to see over Zoom, you know, the way that these coaches uh, sell their program and all the people they bring into the Zoom meetings to do it. Um, the one that I thought was really cool that I've seen that, you know, Oregon offered him about two months ago and Oregon's at the top of his list. And um, their first Zoom with them, every coach for their background picture behind them had a different picture of Jalen Sneed which I thought was really cool. You know, one or two of them had them in an Oregon uniform. So I thought that was really cool, um, the way that they did that. And, uh, you know, those are things that kids notice. So um, his recruiting is continuing to blow up, and uh, it's uh, it's just been interesting to to see how the, you know, colleges are trying to transition uh, through all this as well, and especially with, you know, no camps. You know, that's the one thing that's really difficult for the senior class is, you know, there's no camps to go to, to go get seen, for somebody to know exactly how big you are, how tall you are, how fast you are, and to see your skill set. So I think that uh, it's going to be really interesting to see how 2021 shakes out recruiting-wise by colleges. Well, Coach, I'm going to tell you one thing. I, I appreciate your time. We're going to go ahead and get you back to your birthday party there and, and wish her a happy birthday from all of us here and thank her for giving us a present, giving us you for about 30 minutes. But uh, I love it. I want to get you back on more. There's a, uh, a lot of talent down on that side of town on the uh, southern part of South Carolina that I want to help do everything I can. Not only your school, but there's a big old freshman, 15 years old, 345-pound kid down there at Buford High School. I want to get him around you, too. And, uh, and I think that's what yeah, we need to do. We just need to just stand up. That kid's a beast, isn't he? He's special. Man, we watched that kid on <laughs> yeah. film last year, and we were like, wait, this yeah. kid's like 14. Uh, yeah. <laughs> His, the way he can move and everything he can do, 
Um, it's yeah. absolutely amazing. Uh, you know, I, I need to call Bryce over at Buford and tell him how good that kid would look with IMG on the front of his chest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no doubt. He's going to no, look good doing something because uh, he's a good kid. He is. You know, everything I've heard about him is a great kid. I know Bryce tells me he's a great kid. And, uh, you know, I, I see his stuff on Twitter, too, all the time. And I'm like, guys that weigh 340 are not supposed to move like that. Um, <laughs> he's an extremely special player that really – you know, flashed on film last year as a freshman, and and you don't see that. But um, yeah, he's going to be another one that's going to, you know, literally get, you know, anything he wants and, and go anywhere he wants. He's he's going to be a very very highly recruited national kid. Well, you guys are continuing not only at your school but schools around you. No matter the stars, no matter the the classification. I mean, it is loaded down there on the southern end of South Carolina. Maybe it is because you're butted up to Georgia. I don't know what it is, but I know that we're going to continue to promote you and your staff and, of course, your, your, uh, your athletes here on the show. And at one point, maybe we can get Mr. Sneed in here. I'd love it. I know he's busy. Coach, but until he gets on, I'll keep adding you in here, and you can update me on his uh, recruiting. But, again, we want to give all the kids on your roster the love as well, Coach. But thanks for your time tonight. Stay safe. God bless. And we'll do it again here in a couple of weeks. I appreciate it. Thank you guys so much. You got it. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. In Hilton Head, South Carolina, of course, that's Coach B.J. Payne from Hilton Head High School doing great things, not only on the field, in the classroom, in the weight room, but across the board. It's his birthday for the misses in the house. So we sent him back to that. We're going to take a quick break. We come back. The bus rolls on to Alabama. That's right. We're heading in to Madison, Alabama with Coach Rip Flippo, who's going to join us next right here on Southern Sports Central, don't go anywhere. You are so beautiful. You're such a sight to see. You're the girl for me. You set my soul. Filling my heart with one desire Wanting to be with you You could make a blind man see You could make a crippled man walk You could make the quietest man in the world talk Nobody else will do Every little boy in town won't have get his arms around For no one else will do but you With your 39, 21 horses shape Yes, you got me going ape and ape over you Make a 
everybody, Rich Yellow here live on Southern Sports Central, brought to you by our friends, well, this segment, by Music Man Barbecue in Monk's Corner, South Carolina, 112 East Railroad Avenue. You can reach out to them to make sure they're open before you get out there, 843-899-7675. You would like to be a part of our sponsorship program and plan to not only educate and entertain the community, but also push these young athletes that we consistently have and their coaches on our show. We'd love to have you a part of that. Just follow us on Southern Sports Central and inbox us there, or you can find us on Twitter at SO Sports Central. You can find me at Richie Altman right there at Facebook and then at Richie Altman on Twitter. Of course, Eugene, uh, you're over there on the World Wide Web as well over there at Eugene Benton on Facebook. And give him your shout-out because we haven't had you talk a whole lot. Uh, you've been doing some other stuff behind the scenes. Uh, but how do they find you on the Twitter page, Coach? Yeah, it's at Coach. E. Benton uh, on Twitter, and uh, that's got the, the personal stuff. Uh, you know, we always discuss some of the kicking things, and Low Country Kicking Academy is there, and Low Country Kicking Academy is also on Facebook. So uh, easy to find, and, and definitely with all the Southern Sports Central tags and, and tweets and retweets, uh, pretty easy to find. Well, we partnered with him in the Kicking Academy. Of course, we're going to get him moving on his Twitter page. So he have his own Twitter page with that, this, that, and the other. Uh, it, it's almost kind of like uh, playing, uh, what's the word, you know, you're juggling uh, fruit of some sort just because you've got so many things going on. But, Eugene, you does a great job while these guys are on. Like, we've already had not one, not two, but three different coaches in two different states. Of course, uh, we started off with uh, Coach Reed, who was at Griffin High School in Georgia, joined us at 612. And then we got it with Coach Smitty here in the state of South Carolina over in Manning. And then just recently down there at Hilton Head, South Carolina, Hilton Head High School's own B.J. Payne joins us. Now, we head to Alabama. wish I had Sweet Home Alabama music to play him as we bring in Rip Flippo. Coach, what's up down there in Madison, Alabama? Man, hey, how's everything going, man? Um, going pretty awesome. good here. I love that music you had on there, Richie. I don't know what that was, but you had me humming along. <laughs> That's beach music. So what I did was on Sunday night, you know, we try to take it down a notch. We like to bring in uh, a, a little bit different I, I say mood, if you will. And then I figured, you know what, I like it on Sunday, so I do it Tuesday and Thursday nights as well. That beach music is something I grew up with. My dad's a, a drummer and a surfer, still at the age of 70, which is pretty neat. Uh, being an athlete, you know, having that kind of relationship with the father is kind of a whole different avenue. But beach music is something with Wolfman Jack and every town we went in. Wolfman Jack seems like he was on every show from here to Alabama all the way to across to Texas and California, but – uh, I appreciate the compliments. I'll let him know because he actually downloaded some of our music uh, at the beginning of the year. Um, talk about singing some songs and doing some great things. Uh, we don't know a lot about the state of Alabama. We had a kid in here not far from the outskirts of Auburn, Alabama, at a high school there that joined us last week. Uh, but now with you coming in as a coach in the system over there, 
in Alabama. What's going on? Are you guys back up and running? Is there a certain stages that you guys have to open up with? Kind of update our listeners on the state of mind of Alabama and Friday Night Lights. Well, you know, they take it pretty serious around here in Alabama. We were able to start back on June the 1st. Um, We started back ourselves this past week. Um, So, I mean, it's pretty much business as normal here. What we have to do is just, you know, check the kids in every day, make sure their temperature is good, um, and um, get them in some groups. We've got – I'm pretty fortunate where I am and as far as the middle school goes. I've got six coaches, so we've got 12 per um, coach there. And I'm just – they've got to be segregated right there. But as far as, you know, any restrictions on practice or anything like that, we don't really have any. You know, they bring in their own water, hand sanitizer. Um, if we're going to be in, in close proximity there, which, which we haven't done yet, you know, they've got a mask there with them. But um, – you know, right now, man, we're just kind of good to go right now. We're live right now with Coach Rip Flippo. He is a coach in the state of Alabama. You can find him right over there, of course, in Madison, Alabama, not too far from Huntsville, Alabama, if I'm not mistaken, Coach. You know, you, you do take football a little serious. I spent a couple years in that state of Alabama, and I realized you got good ribs at one of the places. You got good food overall in that state. It's, uh, it's something that – I, I think goes unseen because of college football and Alabama and Auburn is so big. But, but what is it about those athletes? We asked this question with one of our coaches in Georgia early in hour one. Let me ask you the same thing. When you guys, are, I guess, go into uh, the newborn room, did dad just walk in and either hand them an Auburn football, an Alabama football? How does it determine from day one of them coming in the world? Well, you know, first of all, let me say this. I, I, you know, I grew up in Tennessee, right across the state line from Alabama, and um, you know, just crossing that state line, it, it's a, it's a whole lot different. I, I think, you know, there's a lot of connection to both of those schools, um, Auburn and Alabama. I started my coaching career at UNA um, under the legendary Bobby Wallace there when you know they were winning championships, and people wanted to go play at UNA. When the Jacksonville State was a big deal. Jacksonville State had won a couple of national championships. So before that, <clears throat> Troy University had won a couple of championships. So it's just a man. It's just a big following. People love football. I think the big thing is there, there's not any professional teams around here, and people just you know they live and breathe it. Um, the high schools is trickled down into the high schools. They've had a couple of big programs here, um, you know, through the years. And um, I think everybody just – it doesn't just necessarily revolve around Auburn and Alabama. You've got your North Alabama fans, uh, Troy fans, UAB, Coach Clark doing a great job down there getting that thing back going. And so the whole state's just really eating up with fans. Right now with Coach Flippo, of course. Uh, Now, Coach actually is currently involved with the middle school over there in uh, the town of Madison, Alabama. He's over there at – uh, Liberty Middle School. Now, Liberty is, for per sake, their coach is a pretty big middle school comparison to what you would see at other middle schools. What, what's the capacity, I guess, of students that you guys have inside the building uh, on a regular given day, Monday through Friday? We're going to grow some this year. Last year, they added a sixth grade to it, so our school is now six through eight, and that put us just under 1,500 students, um, around 1,485, I believe, 86. And, um, you know, we've got anywhere from, you know, 
75 to 80 kids in our program, our football program. And um, so it's pretty large for a middle school. Um, we feed James Clemens High School, which is um, a 7A school here. Um, and um, they won the, the North Alabama 7A region championship here and played Hoover in the playoffs last year. Um, so there's quite a, a, a big diversity here. Of course, we've got NASA here, the Arsenal here, um, a lot of engineers, that kind of thing, people from all over the world. I was in a, a meeting last year, and um, <clears throat> there's 71 different languages spoken here in Madison. Now, Richie, I don't know but one of them, but they, um, <laughs> they speak a lot of languages here. Now, when you look at that, so you mentioned something, and then the, the last caller we had with our last guest was in here. Matter of fact, the last two guests, we talked financial stability how much does it help to have those big programs in your towns or around your towns when it comes back to giving back to that program there that you coach and teach at? And then, of course, the high schools, the feeder, other schools that are around you when it comes to taking care of your facilities to help not only in the classroom but also the gymnasiums and the football fields and other athletic events as well. Well, we run our program – like it's a high school. Our, our principal is, is a guy named Shannon Brown that played at Alabama, uh, was a national championship player there, was captain of one of their teams. And so, you know, one thing that he wants to do is, is he wants to run a program and set a standard. Um, we've got an on-campus stadium. Um, I'm going to guess right here it probably holds anywhere from 2,000. Uh, you know, I'm not real good with numbers. I, I'll say 2,000, 2,500. Um, people so our facilities we've got practice area beside that we've got our own um, weight room locker room so as far as facilities go I, I'd, I'd compare it to a two or three a high school probably here in Alabama um, so it, it's pretty good what we have so you're telling me that you're a middle school facility two to three thousand fans capacity they have their own locker rooms my God, there's high schools in three and four A that I may not say four A, but definitely two and three and one A here in our state that can't even talk about that right now either. And is that because of the culture that that football is not just a game; it's also a religion. You would call it there in the state of Alabama. It's um, you know they're pretty passionate about it, and um, in our system, there, there's two high schools: Bob Jones, who's been around a lot longer than. James Clemens. Now, Bob Jones has been a perennial playoff team um, for years. And, um, right. you know, they had to split that school. Both of them have, mm, I'm guessing here, 2,500, 2,700 kids apiece. Um, we have another middle school, um, Discovery Middle School, that feeds Bob Jones. And they're a little bit smaller than us. I'm not sure quite what their capacity is. Um, but, um, and they play at the old Bob Jones. They built a new Bob Jones High School, so Discovery is actually in the old Bob Jones High School. And of course, they have their own stadium, too. Their stadium probably holds um, 4,000, 4,500. Uh, that'd be a conservative estimate. 2,500 is conservative for us. We might get 3,000 in there on a big game. Wow, that's amazing. Now, here in Dorchester County in, in Somerville, South Carolina, where we're located here at the studio, and, of course, in our backyard, they just did away with middle school football. Let me get your, your, your opinion on this one, Coach Lippo. When you, when you look at that, they've not completely not given these young athletes an opportunity, but they've created another league, if you will, 
Not, they've taken the B team, which, you know, usually you have a varsity, the junior varsity, and then the B team squad, and then they have middle school ball. Well, middle school ball has now been done away with, and in other areas they don't even have middle school balls around this area. But they've taken the B team, instead of allowing the ninth graders to play in it, they, I believe, have isolated it to the seventh and eighth graders. Your thoughts on doing away with the middle school program when it comes to the future of the program, but also what about these young athletes who this may be as high as they get to play the game of football, at least on an organized level? Wow. Well, uh, let me just think on that just a second. So when you do away with, with middle school football, you say that becomes the B team? So who, who's coaching them? Do they have uh, the varsity coaches come down and coach them? Do they have their own staff? Um, how, how does that What's work that? exactly? Okay, so they got away with the middle school, right? So they then go, B-team is now going to uh, handle these seventh and eighth graders. And what they've done, if I'm not mistaken, is they're allowing the high school varsity football coaches in these areas to come in and hire the the B-team coaches, which is normal. That's what they do prior to this transition. So, yeah, the, the coaching hire will be a guy that goes through the athletic director, I would imagine, of the school that they're at and as well the approval from the head football coach because that's one of his staff members, even though it's at a B team level. Now, well, there, it would be a running back coach that would sneak down to coaching the B team. I'm not sure or not. I don't see how that would work because they need to have the time with their team as well and their running back. So I think it's going to be a completely different staff that this is going to be under the coaching tree of the varsity program. Okay. Yeah. And, and you know, that's what we have here. Um, I've got my own staff. I've got um, – last year I had seven coaches, and right now I've got six, but I think we're going to get us another one. And um, these are young guys. Um, they're, they're very skilled. They'll be high school coaches. Part of what, you know, we want to do there with our program is not only develop the, the kids to, you know, not just be football players. <clears throat> we want to win like everybody else. But we want to teach them some basics of being a man, being a dad, um, being a husband, and, you know, be able to go out and, and hold a job and support your, your family and ha- have some character, some work ethic, um, and some integrity in the things that you do. Um, so when, when, you, when you limit those opportunities, I think, you know, you're not just limiting – kids being able to play football, but the development to be people in, in society you can count on. So hopefully hopefully that won't happen here. And maybe some changes can get back to happening over where you are there and, and suited. I don't know. Money probably has a lot to do with it. We're very fortunate where we are, Richie, mm-hmm. um, to, you know, money's not that big of a deal. The parents are great. We, we can generate some money to do the things that we need to do. I, I realize we're fortunate in that respect. But um, right. middle school, I've been, I've been a high school and college coach, um, you know, my whole career. I, I took this job. My son plays um, at Florence High School, so I needed Friday nights off. I just couldn't give up coaching. So I was very fortunate to get this job. But, um, you know, our role is to not just develop players for the high school, develop some some morals and and work ethic in these kids right that's a great segue coach because now i do want to ask you this and we've asked all the coaches that have come on as you know the tragic situation was a man had his life taken 
just a few weeks back has caused a lot of, I would say, uh, controversy throughout our country in multiple states. And Alabama, you know, we've seen you guys on the news screen as well. Uh, this is a time where these young athletes are leaning on coaches as they would father figures and, and, and I would say also leaders, as you guys are as well. How much conversation have you had with your team currently with the situation that's going on on top of COVID? And here we go now with uh, a little bit of, I would say, a major division that's been put through our country during the actions a couple of weeks ago when a young man was uh, taking his life early by uh, a law officer. You know, I'm going to be honest with you about that, Richie. I think that's the only way to be. We We haven't had any conversations about it yet we just got back from covid we've had two practices we're still pretty much um segmented together so you know i can't have them all together but um Mm -hmm. i've got um four let me let me make sure i'm telling you correct let's see i've got one two three i've got three minority coaches on my staff um so and it's and they do a great job and and we are father figures in a lot of ways to these kids. So that, that is some conversations we're going to have. Um, we need to have it. Um, but, but we haven't done it yet. We have not had that opportunity yet. Sure. Well, that's, again, we don't want to ever catch you off guard because we want you to come in as much as you can, Coach. And, you know, for all that you're doing, we want to say thank you so much. I know you also get a chance to join a good friend of mine up there in Columbia that I get a chance to co-host with him. Uh, a lot of times during the season over there on SC Varsity with Jim Baxter. So that's kind of how you and I have been connected. Uh, For those who are wondering, how in the world did Richie land in in Alabama, over here in Madison, Alabama, which is near Huntsville? Uh, Well, there you go. It's all about who you know, what you know, and uh, building relationships. So uh, I look forward to this being the first of many times I'm going to get you in here because as football season opens, questions will be coming out. And I'd love for you to kind of help connect us to other high schools around you as well as some of your guys, because, hey, look, middle school kids got a voice, too. I'd love to put some of your athletes on the show as well, Coach. Well, listen, Richie, I always appreciate the opportunity. And, you know, I met Jim. You mentioned him through my good friend Bobby Bentley is coaching there at South Carolina. That's how I come over there and work some camps for Bobby. And, you know, he's a, a, a quarterback guru. I've been a quarterback coach myself for about 22 years. And just I really appreciate Coach Bentley there and, you know, he comes over here. He's recruiting Alabama now for SC. So, he, he – SC usually buys me dinner when he comes over. I don't know if I can say that on the program. <laughs> uh, I just see it. Anyway, yeah. uh, it's always a pleasure visiting with uh, the guys from South Carolina. Um, I love it over there. And, and um, you know, anytime you need me, don't hesitate to reach out. I love being on your show. Oh, well, God bless you and your family. Uh, again, we look forward to it. Tell everybody, uh, again, how to, how to find you because you – not only coach, you work with quarterbacks as well. So for those in the state of Alabama, they're looking for a quarterback guru, as you would say, or a quarterback to kind of get you in the right steps and the right motion. How do they find you on social media, Coach? Well, you can find me. My, my Twitter handle is my name, at um, Rip Flippo. That's pretty easy to remember. God blessed me with a good name. He blessed me with two good parents that had enough sense to give me a good name, I guess. And um, I'm also <laughs> kicking off my website. Um, ripflipo.com you can check in there I'm updating that pretty pretty regularly so that's something I want to be more active in and being here at the middle school level I got a chance to do that but I love talking quarterbacks anybody's got any quarterback questions if I, if I don't know the answer I'll find somebody that does well coach God bless you your family and we appreciate the time and uh, to everybody in Alabama we said hello and get those guys lined up I got some interviews I need to have coach thanks again 
Always a pleasure. Ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Coach Flippo. With a name like that, you got to be a big deal. And he's doing it big over there in Madison, Alabama, coaching, he said, 2,000 to 3,000, Eugene, sitting in the stands in a, in a middle school. And he has their own weight room, their gym. Uh, they, they got it all. Man, I tell you what, there's some high schools here around the country or in our state, in our backyard. Matter of fact, Oceanside doesn't have a football stadium there, Eugene. Yeah, you know, and, and like you admitted, they're out there in the upper part of the state, near, uh, they're actually near Huntsville and Montgomery. You know, they have some of the, it, it, you know, it's a pretty cool place up there. There's some, uh, obviously, some industries tied to aerospace and things like that. I'm not sure, you know, how Alabama does that and sets up funding for schools. But, you know, like you said, that you come across the line and, and boom, you know, it, there are no professional teams. So it's all about, you know, football and the high school and, and college, you know, certainly the two big-name schools as well as, uh, like you mentioned, Troy and Alabama, Birmingham, and, you know, some other great schools there. But, um, you know, when you got the money, you know, why not invest in kids? And it seems like, you know, it's not just the game of football, but it seems like the state of Alabama, like you said, is just investing in the programs, which everybody knows you an opportunity. Yeah, you give the kids an opportunity to play and see where it takes them. You know, maybe it takes a kid to the next level and gives them an opportunity they wouldn't normally get to have. So, you know, kudos to him for running that program in such a big school. And middle school age is, is a tough age to kids are transitioning and things like that. So, you know, we just uh, tweeted out his information for a quarterback coach or playing in that program. You know, reach out. Might be a great fit. Might be a great fit. We do have a caller holding tight in the 843. I think we're heading to Mount Pleasant. Uh, welcome to Southern Sports Show on a Sunday night. Who's with us? Hey, Richie, it's Brian. I'm in uh, from Mount Pleasant. And I uh, appreci- appreciate you taking the call. I love the last coach. Sorry about my dog barking in the background, but uh, we're outside grilling. <laughs> I, uh, I'm a, I don't I'm know grilling. if I'm more jealous you got a dog or that you're grilling, but either way, what's on the grill? Let's talk business first. What's on the grill, brother? I, I send you a picture. It's on the big green egg, and I got the four chicken breasts, too. I just took them off, and my wife just smiled at me and said, they're beautiful. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, you're winning with that, so what's up, man? What's on your mind tonight on a uh, wet Sunday night here in Charleston? Uh, the last coach, I really appreciate his call. That was a really great call. And uh, when when you mentioned uh, what the schools are doing with the middle schools, kind of made me want to call and talk to you a little bit. I, I grew up in Texas, yeah. as you, you probably know. My dad had a uh, landscape company, grew me up in the same same life. And, uh, you know, we, we all worked our butts off. We all had family members from all walks of life. My, my family's a mixed, mixed family. So social, what's going on right now, I totally agree with everybody what's going on. It just right. obsessed me when you got the coach talking, the last coach was talking about it. We got to be able to groom these kids to come in, to walk into life, to be special people all day. And these are the kids, the kids when we're grandpas and granddads, those are the kids we're going to lean on. If we don't be able to teach them right, the good things and bad things in life, we're all equal. We all, you know what? The, the word is love. It's all about love. And if we all love each other, and I know all the coaches think that the people outside of football don't know that, and that's what scares me. If you're involved in right. sports and you're involved in middle school, I think it all brings out a bunch of great things. You come over to my house on a Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night, <laughs> I got the big, biggest mixture of anybody in the country. I promise you that. And no, you know what? It's all about love. You're right. Mine is Friday night. You can't go to Brian's house on Friday night during football season because he's sitting somewhere doing some stuff. He's one of the many voices or the other voices that you'll hear 
he covers uh, Friday Night Lights for the uh, the Land Sharks, the Oceanside. Him and another gentleman do a great job, uh, which I always try to get plugged to my brothers who do what I do. And uh, some That's of these Robert guys Brunson. do a lot better than I do. So, uh, yeah. What, what, who's, who's the other gentleman with you? Robert. Mr. Brunson, Robert Brunson. He, yeah, actually, we, we kind of bumped into each other because I, I had to be – I played a little bit of college football, but I had to be close. I could be to the field, but Coach Greer wouldn't let us out there. So I had to go up there and help uh, Greer. Or, uh, <laughs> it's kind of a funny story. But I had to go up there and help Bron- Robert Brunson do the camera because he was trying to – he had, like, two different things of, uh, you know, you got the schedule of the other kids with one team. He got all the players with the other, and he was trying to run the camera and run the mic. I said, Robert, just let me help you. But I knew football, and he's just a good talker. So, you know what, we just kind of yeah. clicked. So now we hit it off running, and uh, here we go. I just want to, I want to see you some got football out there. Got to see some football. I'm praying that we do. And I know that, you know, Charleston County came out with this new COVID-19 test. It's great. It's awesome. That's good. I just want to see some football. But I got to see some – I got to see some middle school playing football out there, dude. We got to have that. Mm-hmm. We have that in Texas. You have to compete. You got to right. get on a bus. You got to go outside of your county. You go play. You go play. No, no doubt. And the thing is, what was happening – uh, you know, and, and it as much affected the, the B-team squad that not everybody in the low country has a B-team. So that was kind of where some of the problem was, if I'm not mistaken. And I'll try to get Coach Rutherford in here maybe later this week, and he can kind of give us the reason why they decided to go the angle they did. And, again, these guys, they study it. They know it. I'm going to support them on what they do. Uh, my only concern is that you took away 60 kids or let's say 45 kids who won't have a chance to play. Right football past another level and again not everybody's made to play high school football heck not everybody's made to play past little league but this gave them a chance and the one storyline that i like the most brian about doing friday night lights is i i've been doing the the voice of somerville i took a lot of pride in being a part of that family since 2011 was that when these guys run out on the they would go to middle school together they would play middle school on the same team and then because of where the line is drawn for high school one kid may be at fort dorchester on a friday night while the other kid is across the street over here, and he's going to Somerville. So that made the and conversation, your, as you yeah, know. That's your, another storyline. Yeah, and those are your best friends for life, dude, because you all kind of get to circle up. And then most of you right. get to go to the same high school to play together. And if you don't, those are your best friends forever. And you go to college, you, you get to keep seeing where they're at and where they're going. You're building relationships. Right. You can't take that from the right. kids. Well, unfortunately, there is a change in guards and change in time, and whether it's economy <laughs> or whatever it may be, Brian, it's definitely a change. Unfortunately, we're up against the top of the hour. What part of Texas are you from? i got to write this down because I've got Coach Rigolato joining us here at 8 o'clock. Yeah. He's from Alamo, Texas. And then Coach Kim is coming go in from Temple, you, Texas. I, South Lake Carroll, look it up. One of the biggest biggest schools. I was there with 3A. We won state championships. 4A, they won two. 5A, they won two. First year in 6A after they had seven on seven. They won the state championship yeah. on that. They won the biggest state championship the year following. First year in the biggest school in the state of Texas. South Lake Carroll. And that's South Lake, Carroll, Texas, and we're going to get some investigation. If you want to hang tight, I'll put you on hold, but I do got to go to a break, Brian. Man, thank you so much thank for you. hanging out tonight with me. Yes, sir. All right, guys, got to go to break. Top of the hour is here, two in the books, one on the way, the final hour, and we're going to hang out in the great state of Texas. What a segue as Brian comes oh. in here. He's in Mount Pleasant, but he grew up in South Lake, Carroll, Texas. He just gave you the history book there. We're going to get into that with these other two coaches right after this, guys. Don't go anywhere.
Oh, my, oh, my. Three is on the way. Two are in the books. And this is our three, brought to you by our friends Herbert Simmons Barbershop, located at 139 North Main Street, downtown Somerville. I'm Richie Offman. That is Eugene Benton. And this is the final hour of a three-hour show. And it goes by quick because we touched already three states in two hours and four, maybe five coaches and even another individual in Mount Pleasant. He's cooking up some dinner for us. Well, we wish. Without that being said, let's hang out in Texas. Let's go to the Alamo with the one and only Coach Regalado joins us now. And, uh, Coach, what's up, man? What's going on, man? How you doing? Well, we're doing great. First of all, we're glad to have you here. We know you guys have been doing some football. And uh, how's that affecting your TikTok life, man? I mean, are you doing some TikTok in between halves, or how's that going to work out going forward? Uh, kind of like I said before, it's definitely I'm going to slow it down because – you know, right. my president is my professional, you know, work. But uh, I, I did about, like, one, two or three this week. Two for sure. I don't remember if I did a third one. But. Yeah, the one I like the most at this point, my biggest one is the coach, the, the, the fan in the stands. And every coach's wife has inboxed me in about 37 inboxes. Uh, they're like, tell that guy he nailed it. I sit beside that guy every <laughs> Friday night. <laughs> Man, I love it. So let me ask you this. South Lake Carroll, Texas. You just heard Brian because you were on hold. We were getting you mic'd up and set up to come on here to this segment. But uh, Brian is a he's a parent whose son plays over at Oceanside. His kid's huge. I mean, figure he's from Texas. They, everything's big in Texas. But he's from South Lake Carroll, Texas, where you just heard him give his resume. I mean, are you familiar with this school? Are you familiar with how big their program has been or is? Yep, South Lake Carroll Dragons, man. They're big time. Okay. So six A football is like what, what? What's the equivalent of six A football in the state of Texas? Because we we go to five A. We just graduated to five A. We we've always had it, but it was called uh, Sweet Sixteen, and then the other guys. But now they've kind of gone branched it up. But what is uh, the number of students that has to be sitting in a school building to be a six A school in Texas? So it could vary. Um, it could. I think the lowest it could be is like twenty two or twenty five hundred. But then you got schools like Allen that have six thousand kids. Jeez, wow. Yeah, we just had a coach in here from uh, Alabama. He actually is a middle school coach at Madison, Alabama. He's got experience in college, and he's been a college coach. He's been a high school coach, but he wants to watch his kid play on Friday night. So he coaches middle school ball. And he said they've got a, a facility that sits three thousand people. Three thousand. I mean, that's crazy for middle school football. They've got their own. Wow. Uh, I would say, I say, said locker room, field house. I mean, they've got more than some high schools do in our state here in South Carolina. Uh, that being said, so you guys, I saw a mask on your uh, your Twitter page last week. You guys are up and running in Texas now. What's kind of uh, the update in the state of Texas when it comes to you guys over there at uh, PSGA Memorial High School? So the state of Texas has opened up. You know, uh, they released their guidelines. You know. Workouts are allowed as long as there's social distancing, as long as we're disinfecting. But, you know, each district can have their own kind of uh, amendments to the guidelines, not changing anything, but more adding stuff. So at PSG Memorial, we took a couple extra measures to be extra cautious, especially like in this first phase when we're just getting back. So we limited the number of kids. You know, UIL said we could open the floodgates, but we're limiting it to 50 kids, 50 football players. And uh, we have a preliminary survey that they must fill out every day before they get on campus, you know, asking them questions, how they're feeling and stuff. We take their temperature every day. Um, they're socially distanced the entire workout. It's a lot of grid work, a lot of things that 
you know, they can be six feet apart, work out in place. Uh, we're not, we haven't used equipment yet, but next week we're thinking about bringing out some dumbbells and stuff like that. But again, we just have to make sure we sanitize those things. And when, you know, we got to do a little bit of football, but even then, um, socially distance, no offense versus defense, no physical contact, just working individual, using dummies, using the wall, whatever we can do. I know with my linebackers, I set up some grid work and I taught them some techniques, you know, kind of taking advantage of the time, you know, taught them some uh, spot drops, catch techniques, zone drops. Um, and then we, you know, kind of just training their eyes a little bit, you know, reading the fullbacks and stuff like that. But there's a lot of stuff you can do. It, we're technically limited, but if you could be creative, like you can find a lot of things to do. We're live right now with the one and only coach, Marco Rigolato. He is, of course, a TikTok phenomenal. This guy has made uh, a, a career during COVID-19 doing some of the most funniest, entertaining, spot-on, I'm telling you, spot-on uh, personalities around the world of football from the fans to the coach. And then how about this? And, and, and I don't want to say too much into this, but it just hit me. There's a lady that's kind of uh, spun off of yours, and now here she goes. She's taken off with it for the ladies, and, She's actually kind of interacting with your TikTok with her. How'd that work out? Oh, yeah. So her husband, Coach Smith, reached out to me and told me what she wanted to do, you know, and I said, please, because I'm tired of getting asked and I'm not dressing up like a woman to do the coach's wife. So let a coach's <laughs> wife do, do the coach's wife. You know, I have no problem with it. I've actually been encouraging people to to do videos and stuff. It just gives everybody more stuff to watch. So her first video was hilarious. So good. <laughs> And she had mentioned collaborating, so I threw the idea out there. I said, hey, listen to this idea. Coach's dating website, what do you think? And they loved it. So we coordinated it. She sent me the videos. I edited it together. And that probably has to be one of my favorite ones so far. It's hilarious. Yeah, it just hit me. I was like, my God, this guy is a genius. I mean, you know, who would think during hard times comes great ideas, man, but Coach, you're killing it. Now, back to football as we go uh, back from the TikTok break that we took. Uh, you're the recruiting coordinator. You mentioned linebackers, but you're also the powerlifting coach there. Th- these are two areas, uh, along with your linebacking responsibilities, but the recruiting coordinator, we're in unprecedented times, and, and this is where you oversee their test scores. You oversee, you know, where they're filling out the paperwork to, you know, apply somewhere. There's some interest. I'm sure the mail comes in and it goes through your hands or your desk, if you will, you make sure it gets to where it needs to go. But this, you know, actually I think that players are going to have a chance to benefit from the slow times because coaches actually have a chance to stop because they're not doing anything and watch nothing but videos. I mean, and you're being asked this, I know through my inbox, I've had a thousand inboxes where coaches looking for some film on certain kids around the state and around the areas that come on our show. What's it like on your part as a recruiting coordinator at a high school being one-on-one, and I'm sure these Zoom meetings that are happening on a regular basis with colleges around the state of Texas and around the country? It's been pretty good. You know, I I have a weekly Zoom meeting that I attend. It's a group of about 30 college coaches, and there's some high school coaches in there. So we're always kind of chatting back and forth about what we got recruits, but we're also bouncing ideas off each other. As high school coaches, we're asking the college coaches, what do you want to see from us? And then likewise, you know, they're asking us, what do you want us as college coaches to do more to make it easier for you guys? But this this uh, this kind of COVID quarantine, you know, has you know it's been better. You know, the coaches have a little bit more time to be able to evaluate. Maybe some of those kids that normally they wouldn't have time to just 
pop up and watch those first 30 seconds of their video, and they have that time now. Um, and then, of course, the, the academic kind of restrictions that were lifted helped a lot of kids, too. You saw a lot of kids that weren't going to get recruited or even get a shot, you know, because I, I helped my previous schools that I was at. You know, if I, I'd been at three, two or three other high schools, and I always call the previous coach, and I see if they have any kids that need to get looks because I'm going to try to be a big advocate for South Texas because we, we don't get a whole lot of looks down here. And so at my previous school, I was able to get three kids that weren't going to qualify. They amended the academics to it. NAIA, you only need a 2.0, and I was able to get three of them scholarships. So they're going to go to Oklahoma Panhandle State University. So that was great for them. Yeah, I still got one out of the two kids right now for this senior class at my school. Um, we have a, a senior running back that's going to take a walk-on spot at Texas State. And then we have a receiver who's still looking for a JUCO to go. He still kind of doesn't qualify. So we're trying to find him a JUCO home. Now, Coach, when you talk about recruiting, let's let's talk to some athletes right now that there is no guarantee what's going to happen in August or September when the lights hopefully will cut back on and Friday Night Lights will be another front-page article or a front-page conversation here on any and every sports show. But with these young athletes, what advice do you have to these guys who are listening right now that are – needing to not just be getting better at their video games, but getting better at the game of recruiting as they have to take some of this on their own and and show some maturity and getting it done. So the biggest piece of advice I can give you guys is, you know, I I know that right now they're like, oh, we're not requiring SAT or ACT scores, but to just ignore that, you can't do that. Because in some instances, in, you know, FCS level, Division II, NAIA, that's free money. That's scholarship money. You know, I was just talking to a coach from Texas A&M Kingsville. They had a young man who had a 29 ACT, and he had all this stuff done before COVID. So, yeah, they uplifted all the academic requirements. Everybody gets accepted. But guess what? With a 29 ACT, he's on a full academic scholarship. So whatever he gets athletic money-wise, that's just money in the kitty. You know, like he can use that to purchase books or whatever he needs. You know, it's, it's extra money to help him. So, don't just kind of put that off to the side just because you don't need it. Now, the other thing I'm going to say, the bigger, the thing that I tell all my athletes, you know, people love to go to camps. People love to get personal trainers and spend money on that. For every hour of personal training or camps that you do, you should put the same hour into ACT or SAT prep because they do have those prep courses on the weekends. They do have them, you know, in the evenings at universities when they're open. So if you're going to put two hours at a camp that weekend, you better put two hours towards your ACT, SAT. That's just, to me, that's what I tell everybody. That's just, you're, you're going to get the best of both worlds. Your, your brain is a muscle too. You know, if you're going to work, fine-tune your football skills, you're going to fine-tune all, and all these workouts and stuff, but you better fine-tune your brain too. Live right now with the one and only down in the Alamo. Alamo, Texas is on Regalado. Coach Rigoletto joining us now as he, of course, has hit the airwaves and all the social media with TikTok. But you hear the knowledge in this man's mind? I mean, you're hearing it right here as he's a lot more than just a couple of clicks. He's also uh, a, a dictionary of knowledge. How do you get better? Now, let's go to the weight room. This has got to have been kind of something that's breaking your heart, Coach. You walk in, and this time of year, you've got these swollen players, but yet not as big as they were a year ago today. Kind of talk about that and how you're seeing, or maybe you're not seeing, maybe there in Texas you guys are picking up cars and flipping tires, but 
around the country, my biggest concern is not seeing that, not seeing these kids who, because they didn't have access to a weight room, nutritionally-wise, they're not doing some of the probably proper food diets there. Well, what are you seeing as the guy that is in charge there, of course, of the powerlifting part of the business? So, I mean, we're not the best economically advantaged area, so a lot of our kids didn't have weights at home. So we were affected by it. I'm seeing our kids show up, and they're scrawnier than ever, skinny, you know, not just, not just because of the weights, but you got to think also some of these kids, you know, you go to school and you get three free meals at our school, public school-wise, because they qualify. So they get a breakfast, a lunch, and an after-school dinner program. So some of these kids are missing those three meals, and you can tell, so that's tough. But just getting into the weight room aspect of it, right now, you know, priority thing for me going into this, this summer strength and conditioning of course, I love the weight room. We need the weight room. It's important. But I want to prevent injuries the best I can. And I think the best way to do that is we have to work relative body strength. So right now we're doing a lot of, uh, you know, body weight type movements, stuff that's isolating certain muscles, single leg squats, trying to do some ankle stability type stuff, stuff that we normally really don't have time to do. We're doing that now. And, uh, you know, our school district kind of told us to hold off on the weight room for a couple of weeks. And, you know, part of me, again, is hurting because of that, but I also don't mind it. Because I think if we get our relative body strength back, doing these types of workouts, these circuits we're doing outside, when it's time for us to get back in the weight room, it's not going to be that big of a deal. You know, I think, especially in the weight room, you know, because I like to take months off the weight room and then I get back and you know, at first my body hates me, but then it's like muscle memory. You know, you're going to get back into it and your body's going to remember. And it's really easy to get back to where you were, in my opinion. Um, but that's just kind of my overall philosophy right now with the rate room. You know, as important as it is, it's more important for us to be safe and following the guidelines, especially that our district puts out, so we can wait. Coaches, yeah, I've asked every coach that's come on here, of course, COVID-19 is something that we've been dealing with for the last two or three months. And, and, of course, here in South Carolina, the last three days, we've had a very high spike and a lot of concerns for future opportunities that are coming up now there in Texas. What are the numbers like there? Are you guys starting to kind of see some leveling out there, or is there still now because you guys are opening up? And, of course, uh, I'm not sure facility-wise around, and again, what to do there in your town like here in Charleston, this is a destination. Myrtle Beach, a destination in Hilton Head. We're all here on the coastline. People are coming from other states. What is it like there on a typical weekend there? Is there an actual lake or somewhere that these individuals would go and, uh, I guess, uh, take a little load off, if you will? So there was some uh, leveling off of it, but as of recent, we've had a spike. But, no, we're we're, we're down south. Like, uh, we're by the beach, South Padre Island. So, yeah, the, the Rio Grande Valley is – also kind of a destination spot. People come from all over the state of Texas to come to the beach. So, I mean, that could be a contributor. Um, but I just think that, uh, to be honest, we're getting more funding and we're able to administer more tests. So, obviously, with more tests, there's going to be more, you know, positive results. Um, it's not good, but it's good that we're getting tested, if that makes sense. With a lot more awareness here. The other front of this conversation is just a couple of weeks ago, uh, we, again, we understand that you coaches are not just coaches. Some of you guys play a major role 
in different ways with your athletes, with a father figure or anyone that could be a mentor, right? You guys are helping them get through multiple things because each child deals with multiple issues. But this, I think we're all on the same page with a couple of weeks ago with the young man who uh, lost his life way too early, uh, and it's gotten our country in a division mode right now. Thank God that we are getting our athletes back on campus so that these young men and some women, because women do play the sport as well, uh, have a chance to be heard because I think they need to have a voice. They need to have a question answered. And I'm not sure if they're getting that, you know, in their neighborhood or in their house or what they've got going on. Have you guys as the coaching staff talked about it together as a coach? And then have you taken it to your players and maybe had uh, like they did at Olympic high school there in Charlotte, where they basically had a town hall meeting and said, look, here's what's going on. Here's how we're going to do what we're going to do. And we're going to lead by example. And here's how we're going to do that. Coach, your thoughts on, on that entire matter as again, you've seen, you know, a lot of protests and rallies that have happened in support of uh, getting these type of situations to go away. So, yeah, as we've talked about it as a staff, and we've talked about it to our kids. You know, down here in the, in the Rio Grande Valley, uh, it's predominantly Hispanic. So a lot of our kids really don't see this type of prejudice and stuff like that, but it's something that they still need to be aware of. It exists. You know, when some of these kids are going to leave, you know, they're not going to be, be in the Valley the whole time. They might go to college and other things like that. And, where Hispanic may not be the majority. So, you know, our head coach is black. He's from California, and he kind of shared with our students, you know, some of his experiences and stuff like that. Just, again, our main goal is to make our students aware that it is real and it exists and to prepare them, you know. So we, we, did, we did address it. Live right now with the coaches, we are down there in the Alamo. Alamo, Texas is on. Coach Regalado, he is also, of course, a strength and condition, a powerlifting coach. He's also the recruiting coordinator, and you may know him as a TikTok coach there who does some really great things coaching. You know, when it comes out of COVID-19, and I'm going to ask you this question, what's some of the positive things you've seen? Again, I understand there's been a lot of things that have kind of uh, gotten us to where we're not feeling as good as we have in the past, but through all bad comes a few good. What's some good things you've seen with these kids coming back to campus? So, overall, with the COVID, I think the, the, the best, biggest benefit that a lot of people got was they got to be at home with family. And, uh, you know, with coaches and some people in some professions, that's not a thing that happens a lot. You don't get that much time at home. But with the kids, I just think they needed that, that uh, I guess, this distraction to come back and get back to work. Um, you know, a lot of these kids don't have a great home life. And the the hour, four hours that they're able to escape that and come to summer workouts, I think that just, you know, that might be a bright spot in their day to see their coaches. Because like you said, you know, a lot of those coaches are father figures. Some of these players don't have that at home, and we're able to provide that with them. So I definitely think it's created some sort of levity, you know, coming back to campus, coming back to summer workouts and stuff. Yeah, I would agree with you. You know, the one thing that I said to this, and I'm kind of curious on all matters, because not just the athletes, but the, the, the student across the board, their meal during this time is mainly coming when they are at school. So during the summer months, right, they don't eat as much as they would eat whether they be in school because we don't know their financial situation. And the one thing that school does do is get some consistency and a scheduled lifestyle that they're not getting during the summer months. Well, here comes COVID-19 sets our country down from March realistically for everybody else but athletes until possibly as early as August. So you're talking about five months of a 
not sure if they're going to eat three meals a day. They're guaranteed three meals. I would imagine at least one good meal in, in school. That's one thing. Uh, are you guys allowed to give your, your athletes maybe some fruit or some type of nutritional meals, or is there a restriction on that with the COVID rules that are coming out? Right, right now we can't. There's a restriction. We can't even distribute water. They have to bring water from home. So we're recommending to all our athletes at least minimum of a gallon. Bring a gallon of water, freeze it overnight, bring it. It's hot. It'll melt. You'll be able to sip it. It prevents you from chugging it all at once. So we're, we're telling them they have to bring their own water. They have to bring their own towels. They're not allowed to share anything. Even if they're siblings, they need to bring two separate gallons of water. That's just our school policy. That's just what we're doing. Right. Coach, I'm going to let Eugene ask a few. I've kind of kept him busy with his fingers here tonight. But, Eugene, I'm sure you've got a few questions with uh, the coach out here in Texas. Uh, I'll let you have him for a couple minutes before we get to the uh, the next break. Hey, how you doing, Coach? Uh, I was listening to you earlier talking about, the, you know, the things you can do to get creative. I'm not sure about Texas, uh, if you guys have the rule similar like what South Carolina has where, you know, kids can come back and you can, quote, unquote, weight train and stuff like that normally. Um, but there's no ball. Do y'all have a rule with no ball? Uh, we can use a football, but they have to be – so we have our, our kids, like, split into groups, and we've kind of put specific kids in certain groups. Like, so that group of offense has to use that football, and they can't share that football with another group. So we can keep track of who's using that football, and we're also disinfecting the ball before and after. You know, that, that sounds interesting. Like I said, you know, in, in South Carolina, you can't touch a football. This is, this, this has nothing to do with COVID. You just, you're not allowed to use a football for the first, seems like first month of uh, the summer, um, which, you know, and, and you talked about, you can get creative with a lot of things. You can get creative with a lot of skill positions. Receivers can kind of run some routes and running backs can do certain things and offensive linemen and defensive linemen can push sleds and, you know, all these things. But uh, as you know, I coach, uh, special teams and primarily I, I focus on training kickers you know I, I kind of like I look around and say you know what the heck are we supposed to do without a ball so you got something creative for that I, I want to know what your thoughts are and, and what creative ideas would you have for someone who who coaches uh, kickers without a ball gotcha. so yeah that's something a little new in Texas you know they're allowing us to train football during the summers not you know it's not a limited amount of time like we get about 30 minutes or so a day but the one thing I would think for kickers and punters and stuff like that would just be working your steps, you know, working your drops, especially with a punter, you know, your, your drop is, is important. You know, you may not be able to use a football, but you can have some sort of ball or some sort of thing you can work on dropping, make sure it's the right depth so your arm is low enough. Um, make sure you're taking your steps correctly. Same thing with place kicking, you know, like you said, it's very limited to what you can do. Um, so, that's what I would do. I would work steps, um, by drops, placement, stuff like that. Making sure that your your uh, your uh, I can't even think of the word your your placement foot is correctly. That's not the right word, but that's what so I'm gonna go. So with. your plant foot and things like that. So your plant your foot, plant spot. foot. That's right. what I meant. Yeah, based on plant the size spot. of your every uh, time block. Yeah, exactly. So and yeah. the other thing Keeping is uh, plant foot for punters. For punters and drops, do you, do you put those guys on the track and have them do half a mile of, of just taking the steps and drops? And that's kind of like a, a big thing now, even up to the NFL guys. They uh, go out there and record themselves going around the track for half a mile uh, working on the drops. It sounds like uh, that's kind of one of the things that's pretty important to you. I always tell my guys, 
You know, you got three most important things. And the very first most important thing is catch the ball. And then the second one is your drop. The third one is, you know, don't kick a line drive right down the middle of the field to that guy. So, you know, it kind of sounds like, you know, you put a lot of emphasis on the drop as well. So, for us, we, we, we haven't done that. Um, we don't have any kids who are specialized kickers. Uh, they play other positions. So it's really hard to devote time to do stuff like that, but I can see the benefit in that because drops, steps, kicking, most of all special teams is all about consistency. Like you talk about deep snappers, like that's consistency. That has to be the same every time. So it's the same thing with your steps, place kicking. I mean, obviously you alter your angle depending on where you want to put the ball, um, you know, your kickoffs, your punts, everything's about consistency. The, most, the more consistent it is, the more successful you're going to be. Yeah, we just got through finishing up um, some of the, the National Coles kicking circuit. Uh, we went to Ohio. We were lucky to have one in Charleston here, so we didn't have to travel for that one. Just got back from Orlando. I was looking over the stats. They're starting to post some of the, the, the stats from around the country. And, man, yes, Texas is very loaded in talents of guys, uh, specialized kickers for class of 21 and uh, 2022. I don't know where they're all going to go for school at the next level, but the state of Texas has a ton of guys, you know, in, in the top, I'd say, 50 in the nation in each class. So I don't know what's going on in, in Texas, but, uh, you know, because usually you take a lot of the soccer guys, but now it seems like uh, kids are just starting to pick up, you know, football kicking early on, like middle school level, and just investing a lot of time and, and training into that. And I'm just seeing guys, and, you know, I'm like, hey, you know, did you play soccer? And like, no, I've just been doing this since sixth grade. So it's kind of a, an interesting phenomenon just because, it, you know, most of the time it's always been soccer guys because they understand, like you said, foot placement. They have the coordination. They have the leg speed, which is so important. And that was kind of the next thing I wanted to talk to you about. Um, you know, it, it, in training guys like that, my guys are, are starting to hit the weight rooms again in South Carolina. You know, and I don't like for them to lift a bunch of weights. I know you're a big, you know, powerlifting guy, but I think you would understand what, what I want is explosion. So that would be, you know, jumping on, on the box, things like that, you know, doing some toe raises, heel raises, you know, uh, some weight on the shoulders. But, I, you know, I really just don't want them maxing out. You know, definitely not a squat, something like that. Uh, is that something you would agree with? Or what are your thoughts on, you know, some type of uh, training to get their legs stronger, you know, and uh, speed up that legs or, or get some more in the leg speed category? So, yeah, definitely for kickers, especially if they're specializing in that, it's going to be some sort of altered training program. They do need to have relative and absolute strength, so they do need to – I think they need to squat and bench, but nothing over the top, you know, just like they, like I said, they don't need a power lift. They need to do something that's a little more functional, you know, make sure they're keeping their feet underneath their shoulders and stuff like that. But a lot of, you know, plyometrics and band work, you know, band work with the hip – because your hip is your pendulum, that's what you're swinging, that's what you're hitting, you know, kicking with. Um, so, yeah, I agree, you know, plyometrics, box work, and all that stuff like that, being more explosive is definitely going to result in a more effective kicker. Well, have you guys, have you ever had the chance to work with a Vertimax? Uh, I know uh, our school's been trying to get the, because a brand new one's for the, to the kind of the top of the line was about three grand. And so they're trying to split it. They were talking about splitting it between the basketball team and stuff like that. But have you worked with any with those? 
I have not. I know which ones they're all familiar with them, but I have not been lucky enough to be at a program that has one. So I've never actually had to, to, got to work with one. Yeah, we had someone, that, uh, a dad, that, um, who uh, he's a father of one of the kids I used to uh, coach who's uh, moved on to a different school. He ended up finding one on eBay for $1,600 and, and thought that was a deal. I was just, you know, that's not in my uh, my spending category, but uh, I, I was curious if you ever had a chance to work with them. I know that they're being used all the way up. You know, even NBA players are training them to get that explosion. Uh, so I just wanted to know what your thoughts were on that. But, um, you know, Richie's uh, back on, and it looks like the horn is about to go off uh, for the 830 break. But I just want to appreciate, tell you we appreciate all you do. Enjoying the videos. I, I, I've saved the video you made about, I'm going to say us, as special teams guys, because I think it, it's hilarious. Um, keep doing what you're doing, man. You're an inspiration. You know, and sometimes with all this going on, it's great to have, you know, something to laugh at, even if we're kind of laughing at ourselves. It's still comedy. adds a little levity to life, and I, I definitely look forward to your videos. I appreciate that. I really do. That means a lot. Well, Coach, as always, we appreciate not only all the TikTok, but we appreciate just everything in general. And I've mentioned this before, that you guys are much more than a coach, your father figures, your mentors. And, uh, you know, thanks to COVID-19, this connected you and I, you and Eugene. There's just so many relationships that have come out of us finally sitting still, right, and took the chance to say, hey, what's up, man? You want to come on the show and let's talk some sports? And so here we are, I think, what, our fourth time we've had you on the show of many times because – Sooner or later, you guys are going to play some Friday Night Lights, and we're going to get you in here to talk about it. Most definitely. Well, Coach, God bless you, your family, and everybody across the board. Um, any any upcoming videos? Have you kind of paused it for right now until future notice? No, like I'm still doing the videos. Um, you know, I went ahead and did one uh, coach's vocabulary word, and then yesterday I did one that everybody could relate to, you know, coming home from that first summer strength and conditioning workout after not preparing for it at all in the heat. So <laughs> I have a couple more. Like I said, they're just going to slow down just a little bit, but they're going to keep coming out. Well, let me know when you do the guy in the press box, the play-by-play guy on the local radio shows, because uh, I'd love to take a peek <laughs> at that one, man. God bless you, your family. We'll talk to you soon, Coach. Uh, take care. We'll see you soon. Thank you. God bless. There you go, ladies and gentlemen, the one and only. He is uh, blowing up the world of TikTok, and he's blowing up here on Southern Sports Central. I want to thank uh, all of the coaches over there at PSJA Memorial High School. That's in the Alamo, Alamo, Texas, as uh, he is not only, I think he works with the linebackers, he's also a recruiting coordinator, the powerlifting coach. You name it, he does it. And his uh, name is Coach Rigolato as he joins us for one of many more segments to come. Got to go to break. We're going to stay in Texas. We're heading to Temple, Texas next, where Coach Cameron, he's the OC over there at Temple High School, hanging out. Guys, don't go anywhere. You're listening to Southern Sports Center. Our final guest going to jump in here in just a minute, guys. Got a call from a friend about a friend It's the news no one ever wants to hear It hit me like a punch and took my breath He was just getting into his best years Yes, something like that'll shake you up Wake you up I stopped off at a tent 
Cove Bought a Slim Jim and a Coke Walked out by the water Just to watch that river flow Grabbed my guitar from the backseat Wrote a song just for me I sung it for the blue sky And a couple live oak trees I thought of home Grabbed my phone from my pocket And I called Mama It rang a couple times and she picked up I can always hear her smile when I call I just called to tell you that I loved you I was missing you and dad and home, that's all I got to really thinking this morning About what's important I stopped off at a Texaco Bought a Slim Jim and a Coke Walked out by the water Just to watch that river flow Grabbed my guitar from the backseat Wrote a song just for me I sung it before the blue sky And a couple live oak trees I thought of home Grabbed my phone from my pocket And I called Mama Coming out of high school, 
But you'll understand it at 42. I think I finally started getting it at 29 and 30 when I got so busy uh, that uh, you got to make time. And we make time for what we want. I will make time real quick to congratulate the class of 2020 around the country. So many guys and girls are graduating and finishing that chapter in life. The good news is that the best is yet to come. And here comes 2021 and 2022, and it may lead you to college, to athletics. It may lead you to the military or just a job. But whatever it leads you to, go out and be great, be amazing, and uh, make the most out of it. Okay, that's the key part of it as well. Uh, I know Ashley Ridge, uh, they had a corona COVID moment during their graduation on the football field uh, as they were sitting there getting ready. We've had their principal here on the show as we had a campus tour about three or four weeks ago. Uh, as the campus was, uh, was closed, but the football field was open for parents or two of those uh, closest to the graduate was on the football field. Here comes the sprinkler system. So if Corona was a pitcher, that would definitely be it. Now, we head now back to the state of Texas and to Temple, Texas is on uh, for our second visit with Coach Cameron. He's the OC over there at Temple High School. Cameron, what's up, Coach? How's it going? Well, that's going pretty good. I figured Tim McGraw is kind of a fitting song for you guys in Texas and love your mom. I mean, you guys – Y'all probably invented that term, too, huh? I mean, everything kind of starts in Texas, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. You know, I'm, I originally I'm from Southern California, but, uh, you know, ever since I've been with my current, you know, my wife that, you know, has been in Texas her whole life, you know, uh, been, right. been on the country, been on the country train. Let me ask you a question, Coach. Does it really never rain in Southern California? Or is that song not telling me the truth? <laughs> Uh, it seemed it seemed when I was there that it, it would it would rain quite a bit, but you know ever since I I kind of left, you know that's been drought and drought and fires and fires. So you know it's kind of what <laughs> yeah. that is. You've got a little bit of a Texas twang, man. So whatever she's doing, maybe it's uh maybe it's a hamburger meat or something, man. But you've got it, man. You're starting to pick it up pretty quick over there as we're live with the OC. Over at Temple High School, of course, the one and only Coach Cameron joining us for the second time. We've had his wife on, by the way. She, she's also a coach. Uh, she's very active, and she will challenge you on Twitter. So if you want to see what kind of game you got, you go over there and say something. You better bring facts, figures, and a notepad because she's going <laughs> to take you to class. Uh, and it's fun having both of you guys on here. And I'm actually going to do a show, I think, in two weeks where I'm going to get you and her in here. It's not going to be like a love connection. We're not going to ask, like, What's her favorite color, Cameron? And you got to get it right. You know, we're not going to do that, but it's always fun to add some stuff. And COVID kind of allowed us to do some creative things. You know, the local broadcasters here on TV are, are covering like water polo. I think somebody had a marble race on the other day. I mean, it's it's not your normal sports life that you're used to seeing, right? No, not at all. And that's that's where it's you know it's been it's been kind of depressing being a sports fan. You know, we I was hoping that baseball would come on. You know, or something but you know kind of been stuck on like espn 8 watching cornhole and stuff or or the the last <laughs> right. dance that was great that was great i'm I'm glad that was there you know because you know you watch those episodes about two or three times you know just to try to get some sort of sports fill well it's like going back and watching church over again you're going to get another message even though you know you heard what you heard but then you go back and you hear something different and you can only watch with so many wheelbarrow races we had those in the neighborhood a couple of weeks ago we're actually going to get you know, one of those uh, pillow bag, uh, pillow case races where one foot, you know, you do the whole family thing there. That's going to be neat. Uh, but it should be a lot of fun. 
Uh, you know, for me, you mentioned baseball, and I know we got you in here for football, but I got you for like 15 minutes before she makes you get off the air with me. Um, baseball <laughs> yesterday mentioned uh, that, that they didn't like the agreement, and it doesn't look like they're going to go back to the drawing table. Do you think they do baseball this year? In your thoughts, Coach? Oh, uh, I mean, you know, I, I'm a huge baseball. I'm a huge Dodgers fan. You know, I know we talked about that a little bit, but you know, I I love sure. baseball. You know, it's it's probably you know it's probably up there as far as my favorite sport and. You know, even though I don't coach it anymore, you know, it's the only sport that's still really pure, you know, to me. Um, and I kind of like, I want to keep it that way. But, you know, and not being able to watch it right now, especially, you know, it's the spring and the summertime, you know, this is the time where you get to watch it before, you know, it gets into football season. So, you know, I, I, would, I wish that they could have, you know, had something, you know, but, you know, it's just kind of what it is. You know, it's it's very similar to, you know, baseball and their players' unions, very strong, you know, considering in the 90s of their strikes that happened. But as a fan, you know, this year, and even as a coach, you know, this year is just kind of working around the normal thing. So, you know, it's just, it's just what it is at this time. Yeah, there is no Little League World Series that would be kicking off here shortly. There would be the College World Series. It would have kicked off, I think, today or tomorrow. I think today. So that's not happening. Yeah. So I mean, it is Very what true. it is, and Very like true. you and me, you know, I'm a I'm a big baseball guy as well. Connection to the Dodgers as well with you. So as we uh, we talked about that, now football is happening at least in the state of Texas and around other states. As we're coming to you from Somerville, South Carolina, they start tomorrow morning. Uh, what is the uh, the face and the football world and of course the state of football in Temple, Texas? Well, I mean, you know, I'm so glad that we got to actually see our kids, you know, because, you know, one thing that, you know, kind of the whole COVID, you know, kind of brought to us is trying to find different avenues on how to how to reach our kids and everything. So, you know, we've been very avid and our staff done a great job as far as keeping up with our kids, making sure that they're okay during this time, um, you know, because, you know, I think um, Coach said this before, you know, in the earlier segment that, it's a, you know, it's it's a different time. Some, you know, we're in a low, you know, socioeconomic status school. So, you know, some of these kids, they only get the, the meals that are brought to them. So, you know, from school. So a lot of, some of that is just checking on them, make sure that they're okay, make sure that they have supplies, you know, and, you know, it, whatever it took. But um, so getting to see them, you know, this past Monday, you know, through Friday, it was great. It was great to just see their faces, you know, and, see some yelling going on and, you know, to see some kids sweating and everything, you know, and just trying to get back to, you know, kind of the new normalcy, you know, for this year. So, you know, it was was great as far as with that. Live right now with the coach over there at Temple High School in Temple, Texas. We hang out in the Long Star State for the entire hour three here at 8 o'clock all the way to 9 o'clock. It's the one and only coach. Cameron, offensive coordinator, plays a, a huge role in the success of scoring. That being said, Coach, I actually got a chance to have two of your players on. Uh, shoot, it feels so long ago, about four months ago. But uh, first of all, I haven't talked to you since then. But they did a great job, five-star kids on the radio. So I can only imagine they're like 12-star kids on the uh, on the street and on the football field. But they did a great job. Uh, when you look at these kids coming back, though, boy, have, uh, have are they they strong in the fingers, but weak in the legs, or, or, or what are we seeing there from uh, three or four months away from the football field? But I'm sure it's fun of time in front of a video game. Well, you know, they're they're not always going to be at any type of coach. They're not always going to be as strong as you want them to be. But you know, one one thing that I can say is our kids they do work really hard. So 
you know, and that didn't that didn't go away. So all of our, our, our key guys and our varsity returners and our guys that are projected returners, they're very present and, you know, they didn't seem, you know, too out of shape at all. You know, it, it looked like, you know, kind of just a regular regular first day of summer, you know, for a lot of things, you know, but, you know, there's obvious improvements that we're going to have and, you know, and I know our kids are going to work hard and they're going to do that. But, you know, as far as um, if you told me, you know, in January, hey, we're going to have 90 days off, how do you think your kids are going to look? You know, I'd be, you know, I'd be over and beyond about, you know, where they are right now. But the biggest thing is, you know, we talked about earlier was, that the the mental side of it. So we got to really break down a lot of things on offense, you know, and I know our defensive staff too, but really so the kids understand the why of why we're doing this. Why is this play this? Why are we calling this? You know, so, you know, from a, you know, while we got weaker, you know, in in essence, you know, physically weaker, we definitely got mentally stronger in that aspect. So that's really helped us. Um, And, you know, us being able to kind of go out there the second year that, Texas has allowed, you know, skills in place, you know, where we get to throw the football around and stuff. Um, so that's been, that's been great. Live right now with the offensive coordinator over there in Temple, Texas, at Temple High School. Coach Cameron joining us now on the Southern Sports Central last segment, 30 minutes here uh, with the coach over there coming to you live on the Tent Farm Hotline. Of course, Coach, we started to kind of put everything in perspective. Of course, we just had a coach from Temple High School uh, not excuse me, over there in Alamo, Texas, from PSJA Memorial High School, uh, not too far from you. Geographically, how far is the Alamo from Temple, Texas? So the the actual Alamo in San Antonio, um, I would say probably well, about two and a half hours. Or uh, as far as where he is, I'm not exactly sure where he is. Um, but you know, we're I'm in the middle of Central Texas, so you know you can shoot out about three, four hours, and we're on the coast, you know, we'll be uh, – we probably won't hit near West Texas or anything, but he hit major cities down south and, you know, and east as well. So, yeah, that's that's as far as where we are. Well, I tell you what, there's a lot of great things happening there in your state. Now, the one thing that I want to make sure we cover, final question with you, is we've had it with every coach, and we're just trying to understand where you guys – have had these conversations. And for coaches who are getting ready to meet with their players, you and I both are aware of the situation that happened a couple weeks ago with the loss of life of an individual uh, way too early. And it was a horrific video that was played over and over and over. And it's upset a lot of uh, people in our country. And for the right reason, there has been a ton of uh, response here and a division in multiple cities across the country. But thank God, that football in, in whatever facet of the way that they have brought athletes back to campus so that they can have some questions answered and some direction given and how can we as a unit, a Friday night light uh, conversation. But yet, like I've said, don't just love our kids on Fridays and Saturdays. You better love them seven days a week, 365. You coaches do that. Not only do you do it during the season, you do it off the season and throughout the summers. Have you guys had a chance to sit down with your players and have this conversation and, and kind of have a state of the uh, – maybe a, a town hall meeting with these young men and maybe some women who are playing football with y'all. Well, we – I know when, when it first happened and everything, you know, I, I tried to – I tried to text as many guys that I could on my phone of former players and everything just to let them know because, you know, big thing in all this is just to let them know that, you know, that I love them, you know, and that's, 
that's as genuine as I could be is that, you know, I might not physically be with you or, you know, or whatever, just know that I, you know, I do stand with you wherever, whatever it might be. And any type of differences that my players, you know, certain players might have or any callings or anything, you know, let's just talk about it, you know? So we, uh, we did, when that happened, we did have, uh, first, you know, cause we're still, you know, COVID, we did have a, like Google meet, you know, meetings with them where we had, you know, a lot of the kids come on and just kind of just express what's going on, you know, and them feeling, you know, how they're feeling. And, um, I know we had a rally also, uh, I want to say we had a protest, uh, just a couple weeks or kind of right when that happened also here in our town. And then, uh, you know, and then when we first got back, you know, we, we can't really sit inside, you know, with these kids, like how we want to and have like that town hall meeting, like you're talking about, but, kind of towards the end, you know, Coach Stewart, he did a great job of just kind of breaking it down, you know, with the kids and let them know that, you know, our our staff is there. You know, we we love all these kids each and every doesn't doesn't stop, you know, at a certain time, you know, that, you know, our our love for our kids are unconditional, you know, that it, it doesn't matter where they are, you know, and even what they're doing, you know, just, you know, at the drop of the hat that we're going to be there for them. Live right now with the coach hanging out with us from Temple, Texas at Temple High School. He, of course, is the OC over there. Coach Cameron joining us for the second time of many coming up as these guys are now up and running over there in Texas. They are slowly opening back up uh, the new age of, of, of how football is going to be done. And you could see some changes coming. Coach, are they talking about shortening the season? Are they talking about just playing region games? Or, or right now, y'all are just 100% focused on the reality of just trying to get to tomorrow, not worried about what's going to happen next week? Um, as of right now, I mean, I, I don't know that much. I'm, I'm not, a, not a super higher up or anything. But, you know, as far as what I know is that, you know, we're, we're planning on playing a full season. Um, you know, I know that state of Texas, they're, on allowing, they're only allowing people to play people in the state of Texas. Um, so, you know, we're only playing, we're only playing people. Our first game is against, uh, Longview high school. Um, and that's going to be at AT&T stadium. So we're, we're hoping the kids are fired up, you know, that we're, we're trying to take every precaution during the summer workouts to ensure that, you know, we will have football in the fall, whatever form or fashion that'll be, you know, cause these kids deserve it. No doubt about it, coach. I thank you very much. And of course, thank your wife for letting you come in here. She actually gave me the okay before I reached out to you. I said, well, let me make sure on Sunday night he can come in here and hang out with me. But we're going to do this on a regular basis. I want to keep in touch with you. And at any point in time, you say, man, I got some news. I'd like to catch up with you. Please don't hesitate to call me, and then I'm going to catch up as well because I'm looking at doing something special when football season does start to happen and the games actually begin to be played. I'd like to have your input on a regular basis, Coach. Yes, sir. It sounds great. Always a pleasure. All right, Coach, tell everybody there we appreciate you. We love you. We're praying for you and all your players and your family and your community, and we look forward to it to the next time, Coach. Have a great night. You too. Thank you. There you go, ladies and gentlemen, and we now bring the bus back to the studio. And We've traveled, Eugene. Have we not gotten our mouths in today? Because we started off in Griffin, Georgia, with Coach Kareem Reed. He is the head football coach over there at Griffin High School. We then went to Manning, South Carolina, with C.E. Murray's very own Coach Schmitty joined us and updated us and educated us not only on football, but a ton of other great topics. He's one of the great ones. He stays involved in about everything around the Palmetto State. Then we took it down to a destination spot, Hilton Head, South Carolina, where Hilton Head 
football coach B.J. Payne took some time away from his wife's birthday party and uh, hung out with us for a little while. And then over to, course, uh, Madison, Alabama. That's near Huntsville, Alabama, with Coach Rip Flippo told us about a middle school, a middle school with a capacity of two to 3,000 people that can sit in the stands. My God, it definitely uh, is a serious situation in Alabama because they also have their own locker rooms and a field house. I mean, there are some high schools who don't have any of that here in South Carolina. Now, of course, uh, we started off in hour three, and we finished in hour three in the state of Alabama, excuse me, in the state of Texas, as we hooked up with uh, PSJA Memorial High School's own Coach Regalado. He's the recruiting coordinator, the powerlifting coach. You know him from TikTok. He's one of the great ones who has uh, made a positive situation in a very tough time. He's over there in Alamo, Texas, and then finally just wrapped it up with Coach Cameron in Temple, Texas, as uh, he's over at Temple High School. He's the OC over there. And, uh, gosh, what a great show and so many great topics. Eugene, you did a great job, I know, over there on our social media, uh, SO Sports Central, and then, of course, on Facebook at Southern Sports Central. But each coach kind of telling their own testimony as they start to open some doors and opportunities with their players, Coach. Yeah, and it's very interesting to, to talk to these coaches from different areas, different parts of their own state, and in different states you kind of – get a, a mixed bag of, of what's going on and what they're allowed to do and what they're doing on their own and, and things like that. You know, you get uh, the state of Georgia and, you know, Georgia has been kind of one of the more progressive ones and, and getting things going and, and back up, uh, you know, it sounds like Texas, you know, like coach said, as of right now, you know, the only really restriction they have is that teams in Texas have to play teams in Texas, but that, uh, you know, right now it looks like they're scheduled for a full slate of games, they're they're you know regularly scheduled games and things like that, and uh, you know, and then uh, back to South Carolina, it's still you know kind of iffy. We're still not sure, and so um, you know it's kind of interesting. You'll you'll probably start to see a lot of states watching these other states and how they're uh, going and the safety of the kids and and how that progresses um, going forward. I'm sure you know the eyes will be on those those states that start back and plan to go full bore. So, uh, you know, it's definitely something that everyone will be keeping an eye on and monitoring, and maybe that will set policy for other areas. Who knows? But, um, you know, it's great to have all these guys on. Like I said, it's just different perspectives from different parts of the uh, country. Uh, it's not just South Carolina for us and not just the low country. You know, we've certainly featured those coaches in our area that come on the show and, and like you said, you know, principals and athletic directors. And, you know, so everybody's just kind of, you know, hoping for the best, praying for the best, trying to do what they can, try to keep everyone safe and healthy and, you know, try to try to get the kids back and get some type of normalcy for the kids mainly, um, you know, and, and because of what they've been through. They've experienced something that no other generation has. Probably the closest no, I, thing would have been during, during war times in the 40s, but even then they were allowed to go to school and finish out the school year and things like that. So this has just been a completely different animal and, uh, it, you know, like I said, it's just very interesting to see how all these states are, and even sometimes parts of states and districts are kind of doing something a little different and what they think is best for their, their area. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, of course, uh, you know, as one coach mentioned, and that was Coach Kareem Reed, talked about the elephant in the room is, of course, we're all still seeing, you know, we're seeing protests, we're seeing um, different uh, – I don't like to use the – it's kind of tough here, Eugene, because I want to make sure that people understand in this country that you live in, you have the right to go out and voice your opinion. So for anybody who has a problem with, you know, some of the protests that are happening or the parades that are happening, 
you know, shame on you. You know, these, you know, these individuals, they feel the right to move, and I like that. I like the fact that you live in a country where if you want to protest something, you have the right to protest something because there are other countries around the world you can't do that in. All right, they stop you dead square in your tracks. You know, and that's something that I've seen here in Charleston. I think now they said for so many days that there have been, you know, uh, different protesting areas where they've moved around the city, and it's been all but one day. All but one day it's been very calm and very organized and very respectful, and things have gone smooth, and, and I applaud everybody involved in that. And, and again, you know, you, you got to stop and think, you know, uh, you know, with, with, with uh, what happened with this young man and, and him looking down from heaven, would he be – looking down at however you're responding, would he look down at you and think, I appreciate what you're doing? Are you doing it the right way? Are you doing it for the right reason? I mean, again, I'm all on board, you know, and I made a comment on my social media page about, you know, understand what black life matters. And I'm going to say this quickly. For those who take offense to it, you know, the terminology doesn't mean that other lives doesn't matter. Okay. It's, it's a campaign to communities to understand that there is a difference when I get pulled over, that when a guy that I grew up with, that I've slept in his house, that I've gone to church with, that I've eaten with, it never, it, it, it doesn't matter. Because when Terrell Mazik gets pulled over, it's a different aspect. Sometimes you have to stop and ask the question. But the key that you've heard on this show multiple times, you have to listen. And tonight I'm going to ask you one more time, and I'm going to ask you for quite some time, is tomorrow morning when you wake up and you go to your job, find somebody you've never talked to before. Introduce yourself to them. Ask them what they do, what they like. Ask them questions that, quite frankly, you don't know the answers to and listen to them. You know, I had a guy at church today mention that he went across the street from his neighbor. And his neighbor, of course, is a young black man. And he sat down in his driveway and he listened to the things he had to say. And the things that he learned in this conversation were very touching. And I've said this many times. Guys, it's okay not to know the answers. It's okay not to understand what somebody else is going through but you have to be okay with understanding and not taking it personal when they tell you how they feel or what they go through every day. And the only way you're going to know the answers are to ask the questions. And here at Southern Sports Central, we're 100% the movement of Black Lives Matters because, quite frankly, it does matter. They matter. And everything that they are about matters to us because not only are they athletes on Fridays, their families are part of my family and Eugene's family multiple days every day out of the week and year. So I ask you to do this. I ask you to pray for healing of our nation, healing of our communities, healing of those broken hearts, and healing of those who have been treated the wrong way just by being in a different color skin than somebody who pulled them over. And never understand what it must be like for a mother to explain this to her son. It's a different world until you hear it from their mouth. Guys, we we thank the guests today, the sponsors today, Eugene. We've got 10 seconds. I thank you for doing all that you do for me, brother. Much love to each and everybody out here, man. We'll do it again Tuesday night, buddy. Yep, stay safe, brother. We'll uh, do it in a couple of days, and uh, I'm sure we'll have a, an action-packed guest lineup, and we'll be ready to roll. No doubt, guys. On behalf of all of me and all of you, God bless. Take care. Lead by example. Let's go out and be better today than we were yesterday. Almost heaven, West Virginia. Blue Ridge Mountains, Shenandoah River Life is old, there's older than the trees Younger than the mountains, growing like a breeze Country roads, take me home to the place I belong 